Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. What is up, Gypsy gang? We're back. And I'm excited because one of my favorite guests on the podcast is returning today. He's from our first year. He's one of the first dudes that we did uh, on the podcast. And it's kind of one of like the more significant ones for me because I really didn't know Harry that well. Uh, Harry is really good friends with Harley, uh, really good friends with Sam. So he was like really good mates with a lot of people that I know. But when we did the podcast, we'd only like hung out a few times. Uh, I'd filmed with him a little bit. Um, yeah, just like a few bits and pieces here and there, but we did the show together. Uh, and I feel like we actually just that three hours or two and a half hours or whatever the first one was sitting down, we really like became friends out of that. And then since then we've really hung out a lot. Um, he's a guy that I've got to know on like a much, like a deeper level than what most people see uh, on social media. Um, if you just followed him on social media, everyone just thinks like Carrie's just this crazy loose dude, um, doesn't really care about much, but he's the exact opposite. He really, really cares about uh, people. He cares about his career. Um, and he's just one of the nicest, most genuine dudes that you uh, will come across in this industry. Uh, and I hope that comes across in this podcast. Um, then at the same time, he loves to send it as well. Uh, so yeah, one of the most fun dudes to be around. Super cool guy. Super smart dude. Uh, and yeah, I just really enjoyed this podcast. Um, he, uh, yeah, we had a lot to talk about. So before we get into it, I just want to say a massive uh, thank you to our sponsors. Um, first of all, just got to give a shout out as we always do um, to the guys at Nobby Underwear. You can join the Nobby Nation for just $20 a month. You get a free pair of duds every single month. Uh, you can head to nobbyunderwear.com.au uh, and you can get your subscription rolling. Uh, we've had a lot of people from the Gypsy Gang um, that have joined to the Nobby Nation and all I get is amazing feedback um, from that. So um, yeah, you can join the Nobby Nation for $20 a month and you get fresh studs and you will never have to worry about underwear again, which is a good feeling. Um, also, something pretty cool out of the guys at Boost. Um, they've officially launched their refurbished phone. So if you go to boost.com.au, They've got uh, some of the newest Apple iPhones, they've got uh, the Samsung Galaxies, and they've got the Google Pixel phones, um, and you can just buy them straight off their website. You can also bundle it with a SIM card, uh, and the savings are crazy. You can save up to, like, it's like hundreds of dollars. 
um, on each phone. And then the best thing is, is like they're not locking you in a contract to get the phone, which is what a lot of the other service providers do. I am personally never, ever, ever, ever. You know, they say never say never. I'm saying never. I'm never going to get into a contract that locks me into a phone ever again. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, so now with Boost, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to lock into a contract and you don't have to lock into a contract. Well, you don't have to lock into a contract for your data uh, and calls. And now you don't have to lock into a contract with your phone. That is uh, crazy to do that. Uh, Boost is now giving you a way out and I freaking love it. Um, you can save up to like, for example, you can save up to $750 on a Samsung Galaxy F uh, S9 with the 260 gigabyte um, hard drive. Uh, so yeah, 749 for one of those. For this is an example, um, and you they're 1500 bucks. Uh, you can say 450 on an iPhone 7. Um, 469 is the price for a refurbed um, iPhone 7, uh, or 919 dollars. And when I say refurbished, they're they go through like this crazy check process. Um, they might have like a tiny little scratch here or there, but it's completely functional phones. Um, so yeah, this this is what I'll be doing. I've actually, I smashed the shit out of my iPhone 7 and I've just been kind of running it. Um, but yeah, I'm about to uh, get on this program. So yeah, thank you very much to the guys at Boost for all they do, not just for me, but for everything they do for everyone, keeping them off dodgy contracts. Uh, also just want to give a shout out to the legends at MX store. You can head to mxstore.com.au for, uh, anything, literally anything. We're about, uh, to start our screaming Eagle rebuild. Um, it's going to be the screaming Phoenix after we're done with this. And that's all through, uh, the guys at MX store. Um, also just got to give a quick shout out. It sort of goes hand in hand, uh, to the guys at rival Inc can head to rival link design co to check out their gangster designs uh and you can also buy a gypsy tales kit i posted on our instagram so if you haven't seen that go to at gypsy tales podcast on instagram and you'll see the kit that those boys come up with for us uh, i'm about to get one for my 450 because i'm going to start riding uh, a little bit this week because we have the townley tour coming up and then day in the dirt is right after it and then in september i'm going to ride to the tip of australia so i'm going to get a little bit of seat time in um, but yeah, so you can head to Rival Inc. Design Co. You can get graphics from there. You can get your race numbers. You can get jersey prints. If it's going to like stick onto you or a bike, you can get it from the guys at Rival. All right. Thank you to everybody for listening to uh, the ads. They're the people that keep the lights on for this show. Uh, and without any further ado, we will get into a podcast with the legendary, legendary, straight up nutcase that is Harry Bink. Better turn off the old schoolboy cue, even though I don't want to. Um, righto. The boys. Boys are back in town. One of my favorite guests of all time. Uh, I think a fan favorite guest as well. My man has a bink. What's going on, bro? Dude, it's good to be back. It feels like uh, it's been like two years since I've been sitting here. It's crazy. It feels like so long, but yeah. it's only been probably like 12 months, eh? Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. You're telling the story on that one. About a bit on since. But I know I do get to see your pretty face a lot around Burley, so it feels like it was yesterday, sort mm. of, but <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, do you, um, do you mm. find it strange that you're doing a podcast in your old workshop? 
<laughs> Dude, I can't believe it. Literally right behind me here was uh, the toolbox and then there's a, there was a workbench just there. Um, yeah, you've really transformed this place. It's like epic. What, like what you've done with the place. <laughs> it's unreal, mate. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, Harry is my uh, my landlord uh, <laughs> as, as well as my mate. I never thought uh, my life would be so weird as to having Harry Bink as, as my landlord. <laughs> Dude, it trips me out as well, man. It feels like it was yesterday. I just moved to the Gold Coast, like, doing the movie world stuff. Um, so that's what I originally moved up here for. And then... Um, and then after that, I ended up going into, I was doing, installing solar panels, doing labor work for a while, like sort of living week to week and whatnot. And then that was when I was, geez, 19, 20 even. I was still living week to week, like all of like 20 years old. And then, yeah, it's crazy. It's now yeah, I've got a couple houses, you've got like <laughs> tenants and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, I have to like keep track of renters and stuff. It sucks, <laughs> man. I have to be an adult. I have to pull it. I have to clean all the time. It's yeah, no, it's it's uh, definitely made me grow up a lot more and um, just take on a little bit more responsibility as far as um, being an adult goes. Well, I reckon like so when we <laughs> did the first podcast, I didn't really know you that good. I'd only seen you like a couple times, and it was, and I hadn't even been doing the podcast that long. Like it was one of the very first ones that we did yeah yeah it was super new and like we'd only hung out a handful of times and when we sort of rolled in it was like we're getting to know each other on the podcast and that that's that was the first one for me where i realized i was like fuck this is insane because like once you left we did like three hours and i was like that cunt's like my friend now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, We're mates. Dude, we just become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it's like, dude. Yeah, dude. It's so, crazy. But yeah, so it was like that. And then we just started hanging, like obviously hanging out a lot. And then um, I can see like a massive change in you in some areas of your life of like you've fucking grown up heaps, bro, just in like 12 months, <laughs> you know. But then at that. On the other hand, you haven't grown up at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking, I did. I'm never gonna grow up. Nah, you're still a pest and a mess. Yeah, at the same I think. Time. It, yeah, I think as far as like Instagram stories and stuff goes, I'm still a massive pest. <laughs> to the, every time you like look at the, the stories, I'm always getting paid out because they're all like little dot, micro dots. <laughs> it's just of like, oh, I'm doing another bicep curl. No, <laughs> something <laughs> pathetic. But um, yeah, nah, it's good, man. But it's sick though, like because you like you renovated this place when you were living here and then then you bought your new house which is just up the road and then like as soon as you got that you'd like renovated everything and i don't know it just seems like you're at full like you're still doing the same like crazy shit and dumb shit and having fun (laughs) but then there's like a balance of you know like you're actually taking care of business like it's pretty cool to to watch like a transformation yeah yeah definitely um yeah my old boy always taught taught us like uh work hard play hard but um, I think when he said that to me, I, I don't think he realized. Yeah, um, hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he said hard, and I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really know to what extent he meant. But uh, um, when you get to wake up every day and do what you want to do, um, uh, like doing the work and like reno- renovating a place or whatever, like it's just. I sort of always try and bring it back to when I was working a full time job. Yeah. Uh, and I try and use the formula of all my homies, all the guys that I hang out with when I'm home, like my brother uh, and my housemates and stuff, they work full-time jobs. They're waking up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym before work and then they'll work all day and they'll go to the gym again after work and I'm like trying to train with these guys 
and they're just beasts. Like they're yeah. just fruit. They're just so big and muscly and whatever. But they're just like. But it comes from like super hard work. Yeah, but they're just super driven and motivated. And um, but then on the weekends they party all day. Like they part. We party all weekend. Um, and just run a mark. But then um, so, but going back to the working thing, I'm like, dude, I get to wake up. Um, like if I if, if someone said to me when I was still working on a f- job site like sort of living week to week still someone said to you hey man if you wake up at these work hours and then um during these work hours use a work formula for the week and you get to wake up and do whatever you want and like to making your life better but it just has to be something productive anything you want yeah fitness working uh working on the compound uh, uh doing cool like instagram clips uh networking getting to know other people um just like just just whatever you're doing just move forward with your life just do something so mm. you're like sort of growing in some type of way and use that formula and you get to do whatever you want so i i, I sort of said that to myself when i was a younger kid and then now that i have that flexibility that i don't have to show up to a job anymore I don't have to show up to a five to nine job. I get to wake up, train, um, go to a yoga class, uh, get to like stretch, cycle, uh, go to the gym or whatever it is. Um, but then, so during the week is just all grind or like, yeah, sorry, home renos or whatever. So when I'm not riding, I'll just, I like to like pick up some tool, like pick up the tools and use my time wisely yeah. while I am at home because we're traveling a lot. So, um, I like to keep my mind productive and busy because when we're on tour, it's just go, 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 go. So I don't want to get home and be like, oh, that tour is massive. Like, oh man, I need to relax. Like I just like to keep that flow going. So just keep charging and um, staying really productive, um, whether it's, yeah, working on the house or working on my riding or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy staying busy. But then when it gets to the weekends, um, yeah, we, we don't mind letting our hair down and uh, running amok as well. But as I said, it is the perfect balance. Um, and if I do party, um, I don't know, like my, everyone's like, man, I don't know how you do stuff the next day. But like to people that party, I'm like, dude, I don't know how you lie in bed the next day. Like I it makes you feel worse. I couldn't think of anything worse. Lying in bed, looking at a ceiling, feeling sorry for yourself. So you've got like a you're gonna good play- <laughs> disease that like a lot of people don't have. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna be like the saying, if you're gonna be dumb, you got to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you're gonna party, like, you gotta, dude, yeah. dude, wear it the next day. Like, get up and do shit. Don't like <laughs> sweat it out. If you lie in bed with a hangover, you are the hangover. All the shit in the alcohol is staying in your body and it's putting shit thoughts to your brain yeah the system's on idle yeah and it's gonna take three days two three days for it to if you've had a good crack the night before like (laughs) it's gonna take at least two days for it to like feel get out of your system to feel good again where uh i always will try and wait just do whatever i can to just sweat uh, whether it's running, whatever it is, even if I haven't slept, I'll just just go run Belly Hill, uh, get like a good five k run in, sweat, um, sweat, get back, smash heaps of water, and then by then I don't even want to go back. I'm feeling I'm back to I'm good, and then um, but then at the same time when you get when you're doing something fun all the time during the day, I think um. It has a big difference to... Um, Just like your overall mentality, eh? Yeah, it's um, like uh, one of my sayings that I always say, and um, 
they, they're behind my sayings. There are meanings, but it's yeah. like you don't have to suck the day's dick. You get to suck the day's dick. Yeah. But it's like it comes down to the winners win thing that Travis Pastrana always says. Like, it's like you don't have to do it. You get to do it. So uh, sometimes, like travel, come up with a gnarly trick, never been done before. World's first trick, never been done. And we'll play paper, scissors, rock. Who for who does the jump first? Who doesn't has to try it first they get to try it yeah first. yeah so if you win the paper scissors rock you go first and try this trick that uh you get to be the first person to attempt and if you land it congratulations you're the gnarliest dude ever you just did that first congrats but um going back to the going back to the topic um when you if you have that mentality like if you're doing a job or whatever it is like um i was like wait when i was renovating my place i'm like dude I don't have to renovate my place. I'm injured right now with a shoulder eco. That's four months I have at home to do whatever I want and have this, use these days wisely and get shit done. Like just build my dream home. Yeah. It's like, oh fuck. Like I've just, I've been traveling heaps and then now I got to sit on the couch and, um, and then be like bummed about the shoulder eco or whatever. But, uh, I just tried to put it behind me. I'm like, just whatever. You got one arm and just go mad and just do renos. And I, the whole, um, the whole, yeah, the whole time I was um injured, I pretty stayed really active and um, I kept my arm in the sling. But um, yeah, I just just cruised around, did one arm renos. But it was sick because like I had heaps of tradies coming and going, and I, I went to Bali for a week and um, the tradies were there, and then um. Like, when, as soon as I left the job site and wasn't, like, keeping an eye over things, uh, the tradies, like, one of them, like, took a shortcut and then there was a thing, whatever, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go too far into detail, but there was, stuff wasn't getting done how I asked, and then when you're there, you're like, dude, why don't you do this, asking the tradies questions, yeah. oh, really, you wanted it that way, oh, okay, I'll do it that way, so they're, like, not taking shortcuts. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was super important to be home, and, um, yeah, I really enjoyed um, doing it, um, and just it, it, in a weird way, I found it relaxing and it reminded me of, um, it was crazy um, how much I learned in my apprenticeship. I, when I did my, I started a, an apprenticeship, a carpentry apprenticeship. I didn't get very far into it, like about a year and a half. And um, I didn't think I really learned that much in my, when I did it. I just thought, oh yeah, I was just sort of getting yeah. some time on the job site. But um, when I started doing renovations and stuff, yeah, I was like, like, actually a bit e- of a gunny, yeah. everything just came back to me from the, what my boss taught me. Like, have it all right have, when you're doing, doing renos around the house, have your dirty side up around the house for, for all your recycled timber and stuff. And yeah. then just, just little things that like, and then you're like, when you're building, you're like, oh, dude, I don't even have to go get new timber because it's all recycled stuff up the side that I denailed that I thought I wasn't going to use when I was ripping up that deck and whatever it was but um you know I really enjoyed it and um it was a good way for me to slow down because um I just came off uh well t- last year was gnarly like yeah. you did so much like tour wise last year yeah so last uh last year 2018 and then 2017 2017 was like my gnarliest year because um that was like uh, that was the year uh won world games with that rock solid funny yeah yeah um but that whole year i had i figured out i had 
just over 90 days at home. I had under 100 days at home. That's fucking wild, For eh? the whole year. But that's not like 90 days at once. That's like two days here, four days here, for like random scattered as days. So you're like getting home, you're like jet lagged, and then you like get back into a sleeping pattern, then you go again. Yeah. And then... Um, and you, you didn't have your own place then, eh? Were you living at... Whose place were you uh, living at? So, so yeah, so I was... living at Sawley's or... Uh, when I first moved to the Gold Coast, I moved in with uh, Brad Birch. Yeah. Uh, he's a yeah. Um, he's I also do the he does some of the nitro circus stuff yeah. and stuff with us. Um, but yeah, he's an awesome dude. He taught me a lot. He taught me how to write up invoices and everything. Because when I moved in with him, I'd never had. He's to, like super switched on, eh? Yeah, he's like he does like when you, as far as tax goes, he's like he'll be doing his emails and stuff, and he can tell you like every cent he's spent his money on from like fuel to whatever it is. Yeah, and he's just really calculated and um. Yeah, and I'm sort of the opposite. I like I um I have a lot of I don't have a lot of patience as far as um to like sit there and do computer that shit, yeah. stuff and um yeah just yeah it sort of just drives me a bit crazy trying to um, I need to build it into the Instagram app <laughs> oh, <laughs> so dude. you can do your invoices at the same time, dude. It's gnarly, man. Like just just little stuff like just keeping tracks of receipts on every yeah. little thing. But there's apps and everything now as well, so. It's good. I have a, I have some good tax accountants and stuff that like have made it really clear for me now, and it's sick now. But man, it was just I just remembered. Do you use Chaz as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's a man, eh? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He's fucking unreal. lord. Yeah. We're not gonna give out his last name. He's a, he's our secret. <laughs> <laughs> he's our cruise secret. Yeah. No, he knows his stuff. But um, yeah, it was just I've I've just like the thing that annoyed me most whenever I'm trying to do my stuff, like I'd be trying, I'd waste like a day, a full day trying to sort out a visa. Like a nitro is like, okay, cool. Like a nitro circus is really good. They have people that do all your travel, um, all your accommodation. They try pretty much set up the tours. So you literally just check your email. People are like, Oh, like where are you flying to next or whatever? I'm like, like, I dust, like I don't actually don't know but all I know is I fly out of Brisbane I have to be there at this time with my parts bag um, and I used to try and like be on top of it but then dude we're moving that yeah. quick as I said I was I, I just became I'm like I think we're going to um, Europe or um, like wherever and then I'm like Europe or Sp- I think I'm going to Europe in Barcelona I said something dumb like that and then someone pulled me up they're like you know Barcelona's in Spain not Europe and yeah. I'm like shit I'm like, I don't even just I'm just hopeless dude when when I was doing the <laughs> motocross stuff I'd like cause so now like me and Ricky will fly somewhere and she's like we gotta we gotta be at this airport this much time and I'm just so like yeah. I don't give a fuck I've been on that many planes and she's like what time's a flight I'm like I don't know I'll look at it the night before and it just stresses normal yeah. people out that like don't get on that travel schedule. Yeah. But when you get when you're so used to traveling, eh? Like mm. you just I don't really look at where you go or when you're going. It's just like as long as you know the time that you need to leave your house and what airport. Yeah, perfect. That's it. That's it. Don't don't perfect. need to know any more info. And I find if you think about it too hard or if you plan stuff too hard, you get let down pretty easy. Yeah, true. Like I sort of um I grew up in a pretty organized environment, like with my dad and stuff. But um, I find I found like if I organized stuff or had expectation, a lot of people always like, "Oh, you're going on too excited." I'm like, just yeah, it has. It doesn't hit me till I get there, and then I might get excited or whatever. But um, yeah, I try to never think um 
I just try never to plan or have any expectations for anything and just try and sort of stay half focused. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just that way. That way you can't get let down. And um, and it's like way more exciting because yeah. it just hits you in the moment as yeah. opposed to like, like doing heaps of research and shit before. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It does bite you in the ass as well it because does, you get yeah, there and times. you're like, shit, I don't have this part. And I thought we were going to be over here. And I thought the other, whatever it well, is. You know, the gnarly and one you is get unstuck pretty easily. If you think like that as well. But. The gnarly one is food. So if you're going to a country where the food sucks, so like when Toby did Dakar the first time, yeah. he took like no food. He's like, oh, the food will be sweet. And <laughs> then he gets there and he's like, I can't fucking eat any of this stuff, dude. So like he did that whole first Dakar with like yeah. basically no, like he just wouldn't eat. And then he kept getting sick. So now my like mum goes shopping for him before Dakar Crazy. and just gets like tins of baked beans. And he takes like a full gear bag of food because like there's just some places the food sucks yeah definitely so there's shit like that dude the best one that i had i went it was like right when i was traveling just like flat out all the time and uh we were flying to norway and i was like all right cool whatever and then i just got on the plane so we flew from like we flew from la to, to ireland so we got to dublin and we're there for a bit and then we flew from dublin to um i can't even remember the name of the city in norway and i was fucking tripping out bro on how sick it was like it, i was sitting in the plane and all these people are looking at me like i'm a full retard because they're like you didn't know what the fuck you were doing like you didn't know where you got and i was like where the fuck are we i was just like full trip it was like the most beautiful like shit i've ever seen in my entire life so like that was one of those times where it was like it, i'm so glad i didn't google image yeah. what it looked like because i saw it looked like i was seeing mars bro like it was so gnarly and then after that I was like, you know what? I'm not looking at shit anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to, like, because that, that's a, like. It's like watching the trailer for a movie. You just, <laughs> as soon as you see the trailer, like, I don't even want to watch I've the movie it, anymore. Yeah. I've seen it. I know what happens. That I've seen all the highlights. It's only going to give you worse for me. <laughs> it's just a long version of that. <laughs> no shit. Uh, yeah, I pretty much just don't even watch movies. I just watch all the trailers and I'm fucking Netflix done. <laughs> <laughs> you just sit there and let the screen play. Okay. <laughs> yeah that getting back to that winner's win thing yeah. you're so right bro when it was like two stroke week in florida and we we're staying uh with um trav and geiger and dusty and uh that's the first time i got introduced to winner's win mm. and um i was just like this is fucking this is sick like mm. because that is like a a really crazy mentality if mm. that's how you think like if i win this then i don't wait to see if you can do it good mm. and then go from there or wait to let you check the speed and you check the fucking run up and all that it's like i'm gonna do this first like it makes you super accountable eh? it's like a yeah. pretty inspiring way to live yeah i think that you should always think like that with everything you do like yeah, if you carry it over it, it's legit yeah i don't mean to get too deep here but um go deep bro we got go hours. deep man go deep but um, there, there's a one thing that I seen. Um, I don't. I'm, yeah, I, I seen it. Uh, I read it somewhere. I can't remember exactly where I seen it, so it might not be true. But I did read or hear or see something somewhere. Australia has the highest depression rate in the world. Can you look that up, Mick? Yeah, <laughs> that's what. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. I heard it somewhere, and then when I heard it, I was like, it sort of makes sense to me. But that's fucked because. Yeah. Um, Australia just has it so damn good, so damn perfect. 
and it everyone um just Australia is just a perfect country and everyone has it too easy and then there's all these young kids that are like seeing obviously going into the whole social media yeah, stories yeah. how how um how it makes people feel, impact with likes, um, views, all that stuff. And then they're um, making their decisions or what. Like Instagram was invented to post whatever you're doing with your life. So then people are like not posting stuff because they're worried, oh, that not, might not get enough likes as yeah. others or whatever it is. And as it goes, it breaks down to all their self-esteem and all that stuff. And there's all these young kids saying that they have depression, anxiety, all this stuff. I'd obviously, I know these words are real, but I actually tell my, I drill myself in my head that they are made up words. Yeah. <laughs> just to like, just to just wipe them in. Because I think they're like an emergency backup word or whatever. Yeah. And people throw them around too easily and they just throw them around. Oh no, he has depression. Or, oh no, I've got depression. Or like I've got anxiety or whatever. It's like, these are some powerful fucking words and do you know how you're using them? Yeah. Or if you're saying it on someone else's behalf, like that's fucking gnarly that you're throwing this and backward emergency word. And there are so many situations with young people and stuff, young kids growing up being like, oh, fuck, no, he, like he gets, he gets anxiety really bad. It's like, fuck, he's probably just fucking going through life going through the swing like the emotions or whatever it is that every teenagers do go through yeah. or whatever trying to find themselves or whatever it is it's just a part of life like it was never meant to be easy yeah um but then it, co- it goes all the way back with like you don't you don't have to do it you get to do it yeah dude if you're like over your job it's like dude lucky you even get to drive a car to work or whatever and like you sort of have to go on a trip to like Bali or like some, yeah. or maybe like the Philippines or something to really see how people live. And if you, and then like majority of people that, um, that sort of like claim that they do have the, whatever it is, I, I think like maybe I'm sure like for five or 10% of the time, it's probably true and real. And I, I and I, um, yeah. And I, I'm not saying, yeah, I've, feel sorry for people that do suffer with that yeah, and stuff yeah. like I'm, i know right. i know is, how serious it is but um people just throw that throw those words around and don't realize how serious it is and i hear these words like i hear those two words regularly like mm. regularly and Especially every time anxiety, i hear it dude. anxiety yeah. is the one that everyone's saying at the moment yeah but it's it's a i think people need to understand the power of what it is and as I said, I feel sorry for people that do suffer for it, and I know it, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I think it gets thrown around too much, and there's just, um, but yeah, just all comes down to you don't have to do this, you get to do this. Yeah. If you think like that, you'll be fucking killing it. You'll be floating to work. You'll be whatever it is. Like you get to finish. Like yeah, you might have to work an eight, ten hour day, but like or whatever it is. Like but you get to like see your mates at the end of the day, come home to a family, whatever yeah. it is. Like. I, as soon as I started thinking like that, shit just doors just open. Yeah, no, like, I, I totally. It agree. was like a fucking tidal wave with doors just opening. I'm like, I thank you, thank you. <laughs> doors weren't even locked. I was just fucking walking through. <laughs> they, some of them had automatic sensors on them. I just fucking walk and these fuckers would open. It was sick, but um, I think yeah, just coming. It all, everything, all your decisions that you make, it just. It'll snowball. Every little thing you do, whoever, the random that you fucking meet at your hairdresser, like, everything just snowballs. Like, people people talk. It's a small world. And we're here for a fucking long time, so. Might as well make it fun. Dude, it freaked me out. I turned 25 not that long ago, and I was like, someone said to me, I'm like, on my birthday, they're like, so how do you think? 
you just turn 25 and like just talk like think about your whole life that you've lived and i'm like yeah fuck like i'm 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 stoked i could i could leave now i'm pumped thanks for coming yeah and they're like you're gonna live that all Probably over again two times over yeah they're like you're gonna live that all over again and then you're only gonna be 50 yeah. and i'm thinking fuck my dad's in his 50s. crazy yeah and i'm like Holy! I'm gonna. Am I? He's still young. As he's he's going partying with the boys. No, he 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 tries. <laughs> he has a red hot crack. But um, yeah, no. Nah, he, he's like probably one of the biggest lightweights I know. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, he's um, yeah. You know, he's awesome. But um, he's like he's still going mad. Like I caught I got off a phone to him last night actually, and he's like I'm like what are you up to? And it was six thirty at night, dark. And it was I seen on the weather in Canberra where where I grew up, it was uh, minus one degrees, and right. I'm like, you're on your way to mountain bike riding in the dark, minus one degrees. He's like, yeah, yeah, like I can't, like I just can't sleep at night, so like it helps me sleep. What a I'm fucking like, boss! Eh? I'm like, shit, like yeah, and he's fifty, going mad doing that. I don't know exact age, sorry, dad, but um. <laughs> But yeah, that I'm like, yeah, it sort of makes you think like you are here for a long time. So, um, and then I started realizing like, shit, I need to like, you know, you always try and take shortcuts and things or like with whatever it always like renovating house, whatever I'll be renovating house. I'm like, fuck, I could save like half a day here by doing it this way or a day even. But I'm like, we're here for that. Like there's that much time. And for some reason in your days, you always think that you're on a time schedule, you're a time limit. But it's like, fuck that, we're here for a long time. So slow down, slow, because my whole like early um, 20s, uh, early 20s, <laughs> talking like I'm 30. <laughs> nah, but um, like 21, 22, 23, I had to like just do everything and had to be done now. Dude, if I was learning a trick, like yeah. I'd just fucking send it and just had to do it there. And then I'd do like one or two, like just do the minimal into a pit. And then just, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go to dirt. Like just douche, douche, douche. And then now that I realize that we're here for like, um, you just got time. Like, yeah. And then I figured out taking the time for stuff, you ended up doing it quicker anyway. Yeah. Or like when I was trying to work on my bike or doing renovations or building stuff. And there's like less shit that can bite you in the ass if yeah. it's done properly. And yeah. it's like you were saying, your worst injury come from running out of fucking fuel. <laughs> yeah. Because you're just skitzing out the ride. <laughs> 17 years old, finished work, just trying to get out to the compound as quick as I could. Um, no daylight saving, so the sun was going down super quick. And um, yeah, I was just trying to get on my bike as quick as I could um, and... and God, I had a pretty decent session. It happened like I remember I was like right at the end of the session, and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna try try and work on some upright cordovers. Like I was at the only about four months into riding freestyle. Oh no, I was sorry, I was about seven months in. It was just after yeah, about seven months in or whatever. Um, and I just pinned it, and as the bike went up on the lip. Um, all the fuel goes to the back of the yeah. fuel tank, like it changes. So, yeah. so then it's running fine. But then, as soon as the bike got angled, it bogged and went boom. But unfortunately, it was the just enough revs to get me to the worst spot of the back of the down ramp. Yeah. So I, it's bogged. I've chucked the bike. It went through the bars, threw it underneath me, and then I landed on the back side of the downy, super hard, um, and just shattered my right heel and um, broke my right tib and fib. And just did a heap of ligaments in my ankle. 
Um, and then, yeah, now I have like 20 screws re-embracing my right heel. and That's I have a, so fucking gnarly. Have a, yeah, I should um, try to find the photo somewhere. It looks like a pinball machine. Yeah, it's a war zone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah, then, that's a good example of just not taking the time to do shit properly. Yeah, but man, when you're at that age, you are like, don't give a shit about anything. You're just like, boom, boom, boom. Um, just super careless. I think. Mm. You sort of in that, in that mind frame till about... I was till at least 21. I don't yeah. know. Just like didn't care how to happen now. Or yeah. Like, yeah. That's been the big, like, cause I'm 31 it, in a couple of weeks, dude. Mm. Like it's crazy. But like, <laughs> even for me that I think the, I've been, I've had businesses like since I was 17, 18. Like I started business the day I left high school yeah. and I was like, get a print t-shirts. Then I was doing stickers and then I was doing this yeah. and then I was doing film. You come up with like, a business idea, but then, that and then age, just, you don't even stick to it. You're like, nah. fuck yeah, I got a new idea. I'm yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing. And then, but like, it's only been with the podcast. Like we were sort of saying before, cause you're like, oh, you're nearly at 10,000. And I'm like, fuck, I could have boosted posts. I could have paid for likes. I could it just gives a fuck yeah yeah it's not even it's only just been over a year doing it mm. and it's like you know you could it's so easy nowadays to just like just try and do everything and like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna have fucking five hundred thousand followers but it's like slow down yeah. cunt. who cares like it's it's the same example with um uh earning money like earning money followers whatever it is Everyone sort of wants it to happen overnight, but um, yeah, you sort of need to take the time. And when you're doing it, if you're gonna start it, I think um, do it because you want to do yeah, it. Yeah, you got to enjoy the process. Yeah, don't eh? do it fucking checking your bank account or your fo- refreshing your followers. Like if you catch yourself refreshing your shit or checking it daily, it's like bad news. Like you just yeah. put, you're you're putting bad energy into your brain. Yeah, like I think that you just need to. Set some goals, whatever you want to do, but set them for the right reasons. Yeah, everything starts with why. If you don't, if your why doesn't make sense on whatever the hell you are doing, it's like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So always ask yourself why. Why do I want that? What? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I won't. Yeah, one of my buddies is just like always like, I'm like, all right, so why do you want to do that? Or like everything you wanted to do is just to earn. Millions, either money or million yeah or whatever but i'm like why oh because they make fuck loads of money <laughs> it's like yeah 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 it's like you gotta sort of do everything for the right reasons and, the, the thing and is, then that stuff will come exactly and if you're oblivious to it yeah like it will come travis don't check his fucking bank account yeah, he doesn't give a motherfucker balling out of control <laughs> but he uh, that is a perfect example because he never he ever because he still had like okay cool he's had a successful career and whatever but he still coming to all the tours he hangs out with all us young little punks he's running a family He's got a family, he takes on loads of it, um, loads and loads of responsibilities um, within business stuff, within the company, to him with his kids, and then he maintains all the friendships with all the guys on the tour. That guy is just mental, like, and I and I learned a lot um, going on tour with, when I first went on tour with those guys. You know how like um, like the average person sort of um would just sort of uh i'm just trying to word this properly yeah no um but you know how you're like oh man i'm fu- I, i'm too tired i can't do that or man yeah. nah man i i can't i can't have any more i can't drink today man i've been partying too hard or man my back's jacked i can't ride or whatever like 
or someone's got an excuse of whatever it is. Dude, Travis Pastrana, I've never seen that guy be like, nah, man, like, I can't do this because, oh, nah, oh, I got rally in two days or whatever. Oh, nah, man, I, ha- I can't do that trick because I haven't rode in a couple, which is how you should probably think so yeah. you don't kill yourself, um, which is super awesome. But um, you need that perfect balance because he is a very talented human being. But um, he, he, he um, the the belief in himself that he has is really and amazing no to be around. Yeah, so um, I've I've I just look at that and try and work off that all the time and um, really, but at the same time being smart because you don't want to yeah you don't want to go out and kill yourself or hurt yourself or to have a really gnarly injury that you can't come back from. But um, yeah, it's it's super gnarly finding that balance. But I think that it's yeah it's just super important. But going back to the story, um, too tired, too whatever. That that's just a load of shit. I think from like the age from like when you're young, just like whatever someone else is encouraging you to do, or whatever. I just I just do it. That's what I always tried to do. If someone was like, "Hey, do you want a beer?" If I said no to not having a beer with them, I I thought that like. That's my way of saying, no, I don't have time for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if someone's like, oh, do you want to come for whatever it is? Or, here, have a beer with me when I'm on tour and stuff or whatever it was. Um, I'd be like, if I said no, that's, like, my way of saying no. Like, I don't have time for you. So, it's like, if I have a show tomorrow or whatever, it's like, dude, just back it up. Charge hard. Do it hard. Go, like, just do shit. Make shit happen. Because I used to be in a little weird comfort zone when I was, like, in... 16 like going through school and it's like oh no i have to get my exact 10 hours of sleep or no i haven't had the right meal or whatever like and then i try and go back to like um the guys like at war and stuff how you hear stories yeah. how they didn't eat for weeks and they're fuck running these kilometers and so it's like your body can do it yeah fucking so fucking have a go have an all-nighter do whatever the fuck you need to do show up to the media or whatever it is but like your body can do a couple of all nighters asleep and yeah. and just function. Yeah. So do it like do it and then you you create these new boundaries and these new um Yeah, you, it's almost like what you think is possible for yourself is, gets like a little bit bigger. Yeah. And a little bit bigger. And and, it, and, bigger. and and what you think was this turns into this. Yeah. Fuck but it you up. don't go from there to there. And it's it, it's, you, it's like a it's like a over a period of time. Yeah. And you're doing it for the right reasons again. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. not like monitoring it. Dude, mm. I, I think about the like me and Wes were joking. Oh, you would have never met Wes. He um he'll be at Ozex Open. Fucking lord. Um he is a guy that I used to do all my filming with in America. And fuck, bro. Like I was telling a story on the last podcast with uh, Rob Beams that um we were doing like we took Adderall. Just like we flew in, had to drive for like uh, we drove to Carmichael's house. We filmed there all day. We drove all night to fucking uh, Alden's place in Florida. We were fucked both took Adderall I had this massive camera at the time you know that big slow-mo one so I took had that and I didn't have batteries for it so I had to have a fucking Honda generator and we're just sending (laughs) it bro and it was like full summer and we're filming this 30 minute moto of like Roxanne Cincerello and um and Anderson just full send mode and it's like we 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 were cooked we drove back to the house and we were exhausted and we both looked at each other and we laughed and we're like 
Fuck, it's pretty gnarly what's possible in two days. Oh, it's mental. Because, like, you'd look at, though, you know, we were in two different states, two different fucking facilities, all the hard drives were used, the cards were done, like, everything got done, bro. Mm. And we were redlining. Yeah, But then, like, it was, like, after that, where that, like, become normal. Yeah. Where we were, like... That's that's tool life, man. That's tool life. Yeah, it's just so true. That is the most perfect example. Like, you get to... um, you get to an event and you're like, and you're just like jet lagged, you run down or whatever it is. And it's like, crap, like how am I meant to function or do this? But you just do it. Like, yeah, there's no like, yeah, there's definitely, there's a, it's, there's definitely like, it's a, it's like a mentality almost. Cause like I've never trained real hard in my life. Like even when I was full serious racing about moto, like racing moto, I thought I was like training hard. Yeah. I wasn't. But then like with what I've been doing the last like 18 months training wise, fuck bro you can do so much eh? and like i would get out of bed and i'm like i got training at like 9 30 if i do the morning training so i get up and fuck bro like i'm sore like i feel like my shoulders yeah. can't go down my feet hurt like fuck i can barely walk to the toilet i walk to the toilet i sit down and i'm on my phone for like 20 minutes mm. because my fucking feet hurt yeah. and then i'm like i don't even want to get up to walk to the couch to have a coffee yeah and then like you're sitting there mm. and in, in that moment you're like there's no way i can train today mm. and then you look at the clock you look at the clock and you're like fuck it's almost nine yeah. <laughs> and then you're like ah oh, fuck all right i'll yeah. get up and then you pack your gym bag and then you go and then you're on the mats and you're fucking sending it yeah and then like today sickest morning i had in fucking ages bro they get like, you by surprise eh? yeah and i was like you wake up with like the, the all the thoughts oh shit like oh and it's funny i um i started ignoring i made a rule that i'm i'm not allowed to take in any of my morning thoughts Dude, so because when you when that alarm eh? goes off, it's like a fucking it's like some little fucker that you don't Gremlin. like jumps into your brain and just throws all these negative thoughts around, and it fucks. And if you take in any of them, they can be in your head for the whole day. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. not gonna do that today. So I I like made a rule when I wake up, when that alarm goes off, you well, I I plan when I when I go to bed set my alarm. I'll, I plan it because you, you say you're going to do stuff the day before, but I look at that person when I go to bed and make my plan or I'm going to the gym class at this time in the morning or whatever. Um, I Once I make that plan, that morning when that gremlin jumps in your head or whatever and says all the thoughts... That's another person, so fuck you. You just stick to the plan that you did when you went to bed. Yeah, so it's and not if, actually and you. And if I wake up, yeah, so when I when I goes off, I hate what I'm doing in the moment, but I just go, I just fucking just go wake up and whatever. Um, and then that's how it was at the start, but now it's now just, just easy. Don't it, yeah, yeah, I don't even, I wake up at like, I, I was up at 5.30 this morning just because, like not because, um, I wake up at that time before my... I wake up before my alarm. Like, I'm just... Yeah, well, cause, it's... Cause you, you get conditioned of, to yeah. it. And then, like... So, yeah, with me now, like, I was fucking fully furious that I trained only four days yeah. the other week. And I was, like, telling my mate who I trained with, I was like, no, nah, man, I'm fucking pissed. And then I missed the Saturday class because I was like, at least I'll get to do Saturday class. Missed it. Fuck, I was losing it yeah. because, like, I was so angry that I hadn't got to do the amount of shit that i wanted Mm. to do and you just yeah you hold yourself to like a it's just a standard and then i get up in the morning and like 
I now I laugh at how sore I am. Yeah. Because I'm like, I know I can still train. Yeah. But like, it's crazy though. <laughs> you know what I do now? Because I still struggle to get out of bed and like, I because I fucking get that little gremlin cunt talking to me <laughs> yeah. too flat out. That's a, and he's you a bastard. To him, oh. yeah. <laughs> but you know what I do? And this is like, this would be my piece of advice to anyone that has that voice. Go to a gym like PLC, like you guys go to PLC, oh, right? Oh man, that, they're the best. Everyone's like, "Oh, why do you train at chick classes or whatever?" But just, like, dude, they're the sickest. That's the most functional, best type of training you can possibly do. But yeah, so yeah, so <laughs> no, nah, it's sick. But you're right. But like, what I do now is if I'm like real sore, or I'm like deep into a week of because tr- normally by Thursday I'm pretty fucked. Like I'm yeah. dragging my feet pretty heavy. And what I'll do though is I'll text like the the guys and girls will come to the class and like everyone's kind of got their their routine but there's so many people that you know it'll be like a few you've got a few crew that go to the monday a few crew on the tuesday when the, mm. so i know the people that are on the days and i'll be like oi shane are you training in the morning yeah. and as soon as i fucking send that message i'm accountable yeah yeah because i've told him i'm going yeah yeah you're locked yeah, and dude. i'm locked in and if you don't you're a little bitch I f- <laughs> and i fucking i yeah. don't care how sore i am i hate letting someone down yeah that i've said is i'm gonna be there yeah. so like i do that now like if i if i'm feeling that little inner bitch telling me yeah, to fucking yeah. tell him nah, you man, have to live that down with your mate yeah <laughs> exactly and i tell and i like you know none of them i haven't told any of them like hey don't let me not show up like i know yeah. that's like a trigger for myself yeah. is i don't like i don't want to fucking let people down if i say i want to be somewhere i'm gonna do it whether yeah. it's a lunch or a meeting or whatever i'm like fuck if i i'll tell somebody i'm going yeah and yeah, if they know i'm going i'm fucking going mm. so like that's been a thing for me but then after a while i think you need that less and less yeah yeah so other two my two like how you're saying message someone uh, I, I, I'm living with, I have two good mates that I'm living with, um, Lincoln Monon and um, Maddie White, another Nitro Circus rider. Mm. And our whole household's awake at like well and truly before 6am. Yeah, you boys Dude, are fucking shredders. Link's like, he's, he's waking up at 4am, goes and trains at the gym for an hour. He's walking back in the door at like 5, 5.30ish smacks down a quick feed and then he's at work by six works till like three four o'clock in the afternoon and then um about like yeah yeah around there and then um and then he'll go to the gym straight after work and smack out another set like on the way here we just seen yeah, him he's, he's on his pedal cycle bike we're like where are you riding a coolie yeah cycling the coolie and back i did that ride with him last week and um i felt like i was we'll on bring a sp- this in. i felt like i was on a sprint i was like I was just trying to... At first, he took off, and I'm, like, trying to keep up with him. You're like, what are you doing, bro? I'm getting pretty tired. And then I'm like... He just sort of got me off guard. He just started pedaling, and then... Um, he was motoring when he went past us before. Yeah, dude, he holds that pace the whole time. So, Fuck. yeah, I'm cranking, like... I've got my headphones in, just going, going pretty gnarly, trying to keep up with him, and... um, he, Of course, like, when it's peak hour when we go, which scares, Cycling scares the hell out of me. If I'm gonna, sketchy, If bro. I'm going to get hurt, it's going to be on a cycle bike. 100%, <laughs> man. It's fucking Dude, gnarly, everyone's, dude. like, with, like, wrist factor and um, all that stuff, like, I, 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 I whack off to, like, about risk evaluation and all that stuff. <laughs> but, um, like, I like looking at statistics and, like, yeah. calculating risk. Like, just I didn't know figure, you're into that at all. figuring it out so I don't fucking kill myself. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I like trying to look into it and figure it out. And um, I, some, I don't use it as a gauge, but, like, 
But when I get on a cycle bike, I'm like, I don't this even. This is fucked up. But I'm like, if I get on it, I want to be well and truly out of out of peak hour hours. And like last week, he's like, dude, come on, man, like you got to come. I'm going, and I'm like, no, like it's <laughs> fucking peak hour right now. It was like 4 p.m. when we left, and um, I'm like, dude, I'm not coming. And he just starts calling me the pussy and all this stuff. I'm like, all right. And then before well, that, I, like two minutes later, I had all my gear on and we're riding out. Um, but I. I almost got hit by a car twice in this. We went for like a 35k ride. Um, and I almost got hit by a car twice. Someone opened their door getting out of their car and I and I hit the door with my elbow. Wow. Um, and I shit myself. Yeah, it was gnarly. And then, um, but then we're just cranking um, and it was school holiday so there's people out everywhere and yeah, it was just gnarly. Link nearly cleaned up a family like, but just because people... <laughs> Link nearly were, killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think and like Kane saw cycling um, I know he snapped his tip and fib. He got cleaned up by a car. He'd only been... He literally only just got his bike and only been a handful of times and like... Yeah, that, that it's just cyc- fucking sketchy, Cycling bro. scares me, dude. You know what's crazy? I went, good fitness though. Unreal. Feels good to do. I went cycling with Chaz Mostert for a bit. Like we were going a little bit ride, riding from his house. He lives in like uh, Hope Island to the spit. Yeah, we go sick. back. And fuck, bro. Like I've been running motorbikes my entire life. Like I have bike skills to know how to handle that shit. And like I was looking at these fucking dudes with their wipe. They're all like accountant style dudes. You know, like little cafe racer guys. And they're like taking off and they're like getting headshot. And I'm like, cunt, I feel like this is sketchy and you can't even ride, bro. What are you doing here? Like if this hip I'm feeling like this, then well, you're going to die. But like you look at all the like young kids, I'm probably guilty for it as well. But um, just how like you sit on your phone, you go on autopilot when you're driving or yeah. whatever it is. Like, but like, like someone that's on their phone and like all the people that drive their cars around the road like i think being on a cycle bike like you're putting yourself at a pretty gnarly um oh. risk of like someone just to be dazing and then you get hit man like you could it's gonna be a freaking game changer for the rest of your life really oh yeah they're, but, no, um, they're no joke dude. but it's pretty right that I, I love cycling if you got some quiet roads and yeah. stuff it's unreal best fitness and yeah it's have wicked. you ever done much mountain biking uh i have I haven't done much, but I've done it like a handful of times. See, I like that because you're off the road. It's yeah. like crossover skills of oh yeah, of it's, like it's moto gnarly. sort of bike handling. Dude, before I started jujitsu, I was doing like 100 k's a week on the bike in wow. the in the like Daisy Hill and Narang and stuff. That's loose. Yeah, I was like fully into it, eh? Because we so we rode it, we rode our whole lives like yep. mountain biking in cans, but then just got super into it for mm. the fitness side of it. But like that to me, it's seemed, wicked. Yeah, awesome fun. Yeah, it seems way better than. Um, being Dude, on the road the mountain bike yeah definitely definitely the mountain bikes cost more than dirt bikes these days fuck bro that one I've got out there is like $7,000 it's retarded I'll never like I got it's more than never a, pay for it. it's more than a 2017 dirt bike pretty much Dude, speaking of dirt bikes, how was QMP the other day? Oh, dude. Are you a QMP bandit now? Uh, I want to, but um, it's it's just sort of like, yeah, I've got X Games in three weeks, so I'm going to try to ride as much as I can down at 50, 60, but, um, dude, it was unreal. First, The track first looks ta- sick. The track, first time I got on, uh, this was the first time I've rode tracks in, like, three, three four years, but... Yeah. The, the only other times I've... I haven't rode a... I've had freestyle suspension, cut out seat, high bars every uh, time I've went yeah. on a track since I 
um, since I like raced when I was 16. Um, so I haven't like rode it on a track properly like I did the other day. Um, Sammy Moore. Yeah, had his new 450. Yeah, yeah he had his... Um, he actually doesn't ride too bad, old Sammy. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> but um, yeah, he... He let, beat me a day in the dirt. <laughs> All right, he got one over me. Did he? Yeah, I'm going to fucking tell him this year, but... Stop it. <laughs> we went in the media day and I was That's fucked. Awesome. I'd slept in the van all day, bro. Oh, dude, that was, was a big fucked. weekend. Yeah, I was cooked. And then... That was a big weekend. We, we went out there and like... Th- this is how fucked I was. I was like, I'm not even going to ride my bike, dude. Yeah. Like, because it was, it was clean and everyone's was fucked. So oh. I just rode my friend's bike. I got oh. out there and I was just like, this is the shittest thing ever. The track was fucking gnarly rough, dude. Mm. So I'm going to smoke Sammy this yeah, year. I'm going to train for it. <laughs> dude, it was just wouldn't stop raining that weekend. Oh, and yeah. It was fucking fun. You couldn't bike. even tell who the riders were because everyone was just covered in oh, mud. Oh, we were hanging out that night, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. All, I was like... Did I even see there you was there? all and then I was sorts like, of stuff going on out yeah, there. Yeah, there was a bit going on, eh? That night, fucking hell. That was fu- <laughs> I just fully clicked like, oh, I was with you. <laughs> My bad. Referee. <laughs> uh, are you going to be able to go down the dirt this year? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to... A unit contacted me the other day and they're getting it together like a unit thing out there and they want to have like some unit riders. Yeah, um, it'd be sick. Doing a, like... I don't know, yeah, but they're going to enter us in and stuff, so... You should ride I'm your... Um, you should ride your fucking road bike on the cafe race <laughs> they were doing that last year dude He's yeah i know um yeah What's, is it going it's going but um every time I, I just i'm scared of snapping that thing in half yeah true I, i'm just gonna get stocks i'm trying to find some stock suspension for one of my 16 bikes i feel like um so i can um get some yeah get some laps in we I'll, might we might have something at home beautiful mate. yeah we gotta figure that out Some. um what was our depression did we find out Really? The Ukraine, for the Ukraine. Fuck the Ukraine. Uh, yeah, Australia, that's gnarly, bro. Second. So, what? Who was first? The Ukraine. Oh, what's you? Oh, I was about to say, what is Ukraine? But it's so it's a place. Yeah, it's like near Russia. It's like in the Eastern Bloc. Oh yeah, that makes sense because the sun doesn't come out over there. Nah, fucking, it'd be and that, it's like, that would be and why. It's a communist country. They never see the sun. That would be. Oh yeah, they had like the nuclear reactor fucking blew up there as well. Oh, so shit. that's like cooked. Some f- yeah, that's like bad effects. That Australia number two. That's which actually is, quite which disappointing. Which is kind of sad because we are the. Sad. They say we we have the best, one of the best countries in the world. I'm not going to get quality all quality of life. Can you just search like quality of life? Because I feel like Australia would be up there in terms of quality of life. Because uh, I'm not going to get all American about it and say we have the greatest country in the world. We got a pretty <laughs> and, um, fucking good country. From like what people, I I love Australia the most out of anywhere I've ever travelled. But um, I think that. Um, yeah, Australia, as far as education and like, yeah. I remember f- for a while, Melbourne was the most livable city in the world for like a couple years now. I think it only just changed last year. Yeah. I feel like, um, what, what's the most? Yeah. Like we're definitely in the top 10. It starts with Hamburg, Germany, yeah. New Zealand, Netherlands, Finland, Swiss, Australia. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's crazy that we've mm. got like the, the problem is though, man. So here's what I think you've got the most like australia's got one of the best quality of life or like most livable countries in the world yeah but then it's got the highest rate one of the highest rates of depression and i think it's like what you were saying before is like life's not supposed to be easy and i think that you get this like there's definitely this younger generation and i'd say people i feel like my age there wasn't this whole thing about like um 
like participation awards and like if you know when you're at school with my age it was like if you fucking lost you lost like it mm. wasn't like it is yeah now. there's a part participation yeah you say that like word. you know but like that's <laughs> there's what, awards for everything and um they try and make you feel everyone feel welcome everyone feels special and everyone like yeah. you can do anything you want and it's like the whole you can do anything you want well yeah technically you can but you also need to work your fucking dick off to do it yeah there's no there's no free lunch in life and i think that it's supposed to be super hard and the the reason that you get something really rad is because there's let's say there's fucking 10 people trying to be harry bink right you were the one motherfucker that actually pushed hard enough to be there and those nine other dudes, they either gave up before they got there or they didn't try at all. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's, the, that's where we're getting that sort of mentality these days. And then I think, yeah, you do add in Instagram and they're like, fucking Harry, all he does is fuck around with his mates all day and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think you do a good job of um, showing like the actual work that you put in. Because, dude, you make me feel lazy and I train every fucking day, but I like... I still look at your shit and I'm like, Jesus Christ, bro. Like you're just going for it. It's because I'm having so much damn fun in the process. Yeah. But that's <laughs> why you've made it to where you've made it. You don't have to do it. You get to do it. Exactly. And yeah. it's like, that's where yeah. I, I think we do have, you know, that problem with like depression and stuff. But I think too, there's probably something to be said for like, Australia definitely has a culture of men where you're supposed to be tough and you're not supposed to talk about your problems and like my dad my dad's a like my dad's a perfect example of a guy like he doesn't talk about his fucking problems he just gets it done like he yeah that generation they're they're in that world for sure yeah but nowadays like they don't know how to talk about it dude they're they're freaking mutes yeah and then they might just get angry one day and you're like, what yeah, are you so up. pissed off, dad? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, dude, <laughs> dude, just fucking his valve just popped and he fucking... <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of what it is, you know, like you'd say it's suppress it. But I really think nowadays we're getting better at like talking about the, yeah, you know, talking about shit. Like I'm not afraid to fucking talk about shit. And, and I think, yeah, like mate to mate now with all my mates, like, yeah, we can talk about I can talk about absolutely anything to my friends or whatever it is and within our household and stuff we still call each other pussies all the time or whatever if one of us doesn't train or like we have that rivalry but when someone like opens up or whatever yeah like, and they need help yeah yeah we'd listen and we'd always have each other's back and um I think the schools and stuff are really good at um um getting people to communicate and talk yeah. more with that stuff but, but there's a fine the, line though correct but then the backside is all the shit that we were just talking yeah about. and and when you say like you are right man like when i lived in the states like the whole anxiety thing mm. is just hitting here now right yeah. i think like over the last did you really hear people talking about anxiety like two years ago well no you know really but bro i'm telling you like when i was in america i used to say to people that i'd be like fuck off with your anxiety shit like it's called stress bro yeah exactly you're fucking stressed yeah it's called stress anxiety like so i I know people miss word stuff and then they cry for me or whatever it is and it's just like it it makes me mad because i'm like because there is people that are really suffering exactly yeah and and it's hard and when you hear the the word get it's like little boy cried wolf man yeah you fucking hear it all the time and then when i i I hear it that much now i'm just like i i as I said, I've blocked the words out in my head and I've 
I tell obviously as I said I know they are whatever yeah but I tell myself that they're made up words so I so I have four I have a few made up words in my list <laughs> so the first one is um I love Harry Bink psychology uh so the first one is hangovers hangovers aren't real they're only real if you let them think that you're the real or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> just fucking drink a little bit more water or if you still feel hungover do a workout until you feel good and then you'll eventually feel good you don't have to wait. 48 hours um hangovers awkward it's never awkward unless you make it awkward yeah, or right let it be awkward that. nothing's I've heard you fucking, say that before. yeah nothing's yeah. awkward nothing's ever awkward or wherever you are it can be funny <laughs> it can, <laughs> it be can get in a, you can get in a fucking weird t- exactly yeah. that but it's never awkward unless yeah you so, go oh, yeah because oh. as a kid i was always i wanted stuff really bad so i was very nervous when I was around stuff that I really wanted. And as a kid, like I, I really wanted to be a pro motocross racer. So I was racing, never, I was never really good at it. And it was and when Same I raced, here, bro, we did all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I was racing, I, um, it was the same thing. I wanted it now. I needed to win now. And if I didn't, I would ride like at 160% way out of my ability. And then I'd just freaking high slide down a straight or just fucking get worked every time I'd race. I just had the biggest crashes. But because I was so excited and I only like um, every time I got on the bike, I was just like a puppy dog getting its food for the first time or yeah. whatever. Like it, I was just like get on the thing and i couldn't even think calm because i was so damn excited to get on a bike every time um but yeah um but yeah just like slowing everything down yeah yeah well i think like so dude what's crazy is i had a fucking like i actually had an anxiety attack in bed like three weeks ago like just but what it's called stress mm. what it is is called stress and then i let it overwhelm me mm. and you know what it was is my fucking snake i like i thought my snake was gonna die pretty much so then i like i just everything like everything was going fucked and i was super stressed stressed about the studio stressed about fucking money stressed about life stressed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. stressed everything i was so stressed which can out. get on top of you fucking if you let it bro and i did and then so then i like i fucking see my snake and then my snake's fucking cooked and I was like, and I've had that thing since I was like 16. I don't really want a fucking snake anymore, but like I've had that thing since I was 16. I fucking, <laughs> I'll take it. Nah, you know, <laughs> but no, nah, but it's like that thing's like my family. It's like a responsibility. And it was, you know, when you get something when you're young and then your parents are like, you want to never fucking keep that. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, fuck you. You just still yeah. got to just improve them wrong. Yeah. But it's like, it's a, it's a thing that's like, all right, I've, I've been, can I, I chose to look Can out. I borrow it? No. <laughs> You'll fuck it up. You've had ghosts come. No, fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, but so anyway, it all like, I was just fucking minging, bro. Like, so then I'm in bed and um, I'm just like trying to tell myself to just relax. But so anyway, I just had a full let go, dude. Like I ended up getting up and walking around the house and I was like real short of breath. I was like, I was like, am I having a fucking panic attack? Like I was tripping out. Like there was actually physically something was happening that is called anxiety mm. being stressed about anything else if it's not to that level uh, where anxi- you're like i don't even know what anxiety is man you know like <laughs> but if you're if it's not to that level that you know like don't throw the word around be yeah. like i'm stressed I'm, I'm not dealing with it properly like you need to fucking deal with your problems and i think a lot of people 
the thing I'd still put that word in stressed category. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even having a panic attack, you'd go, just, yeah, just, just stressed. Yeah, you're just stressed, man. But I, I definitely agree. Like, people throw that shit around. They throw stuff around. And it's like, that you need to realise, like... Yeah, the, the extent of the word. But it's like, life's supposed to be this hard. This hard, this is normal. And like, so then yesterday, it was perfect example. I was having a fuck day yesterday getting dicked around here getting dicked around there trying to do this trying to do that over it i was just having a little let go and then i went and i got a coffee at this uh oh pissed off because my coffee machine wasn't working had to go spend four bucks on a latte poor me right and then i go to this cafe and i sit down and like i was even being like a dick to the chick that worked not a dick but i was just being real short and it's like if you're being short with people like that latte and then you walk like what the fuck good is gonna even come from that like if, why don't you give her a chance to like cheer you up or try and cheer her you know I was just being a fucker I think we're all guilty of being in a situation like that but you know what dude I, I order my coffee and then I sit down mm-hmm. and then I see right as I sit down in this chair and I go to sit down on my phone I pull my phone out and then the right there is this little charity tin for this fucking girl with leukemia mm-hmm. and then I was like you're a piece of shit like you, you know, I got the shits for all these bullshit reasons, yeah. and then that—that's—that's that's actually someone that—that's the bad day. Mm. The mum of that kid, yeah, dad yeah, of yeah. that kid, that kid's big. That's a fucking bad day, mm. and it's like, and I guarantee you that they would be stoked if they get to buy a coffee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's that's all why you always have to go back to like you don't have to do it, you get to do it. Exactly. You don't have to have all these problems. You get to have these problems, and you get to solve them. And, and then when you do, you get to have the accomplishment of solving the problems and like, you just get to, like you get to, like, as you said, that person might not even get to ever get to solve those problems because they're so far behind or whatever it is. Um, and, and then, yeah, I think it makes, everyone goes through hard times whatever you get stressed. But yeah, yeah, I think it's what yeah. comes on the back of those. Yeah, is what's but good. you're gonna something will come from it. But it's even like with um when I was growing up, there was like I used to call them rich kids, but like um just just there was like some kids that like just got everything paid for them and they got everything. I was really lucky, and I owe my whole work ethic to my dad. Like I pretty much lived with my dad full time from around 12, 13 years old, um and he would get he'd just get on sunday night he'd get a loaf of bread and he'd have a glad wrap peanut butter and a like a loaf of bread and he'd sit it out and then he'd get me and my brother to make them um and we'd just like get a bit of peanut butter or he he sometimes he did but it'd just be like we'd just go peanut butter blob on the bread and then put the bread on the top and we'd make three of them and then wrap them in glad wrap put them in the freezer Sorry, three in each glad wrap stack. So we'd go through the whole loaf of bread and it'd be enough sandwiches for me and my brother for the week. And every day, Grant and I went, my brother Grant, uh, every day we went to lunch, um, I mean to school, sorry, we'd just go to the freezer, grab a three sandwiches, throw it in, the, throw it in our backpacks, then we'd go to school. Um, we'd get back, we'd hang out in the backyard till dad got home. Dad wouldn't let us in the house because... Um, He'd fuck it up. Because <laughs> we'd eat all the food. Like, yeah. if we wanted a biscuit, we'd have to... Dad, are we allowed to have a biscuit? Yeah, we were like that. And then he'd be like, yeah, you can have one biscuit. Like, okay. But, like, it was sort of like that till we were, like, nearly 16. Yeah. Like, it was very, hey, dad, can we do this? And, like, he... Like, uh, when we'd go riding, he'd... We'd have to do lots of jobs around the houses and stuff before he'd take us riding. 
if your schoolwork wasn't done, no writing or whatever. Um, and then we'd have to sort of try and make us earn it and make us work on our bikes. Just standard stuff that you should do as a kid. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was really cool. I lived in a granny flat um, from when I was like, yeah, 12. And then um, sort of like did all, all my own washing. Just did everything um, from like 12, 13 or whatever. Probably, I don't even know. Maybe I was 10. Um, but it's a younger age. He just got us through everything himself, ourselves. But I think that was also how he grew up as well. But um, he, if I didn't know how to do something, he'd just go, oh, you'll figure it out. Do it. Just like, you'll figure it out. You figure it out or whatever. That's he'd show sick. us how to do important stuff, but he'd always just go, you figure it out. And then one of the best things he said to us at a younger age, he goes, I was asking him if I could go out. At like, it was like, I think I was 13 and I was like, Dad, can I go to the skate park or whatever? And then it was like stretching, like what time I'd get home and I'd like get start coming home in the dark. And he'd be like, what? I think I was probably like 11. I don't know. I was young. I was like, shouldn't have been out. Um, and then I'd be getting home real late. Um, and then he'd just go and I'd be asking dad like him is it whatever and then he'd just be like look dude it's your life you can do whatever you want with it but if you stuff it up it's not my fault it's your fault and that's what he always said to us he goes it's not my he goes you can do what you want go do it but if you stuff it up it's your problem yeah but in, in saying that he demonstrated a sick work ethic yeah like time. what was oh, the right way yeah the sickest path ever but um yeah I was super lucky to yeah, it was sick having that. Uh, but then the other day when I was over in the UK, uh, uh, like a week ago, doing the Nitro Circus shows, we are all at the after party going mad, running a mark, sick, end of the, end of the tour. And um, I remember I was with like, ah, oh, William, we are just slamming Jager bomb shots. Um, and then we are just having a mad time. And then there was this um, mum and two kids and they came over and they were talking to us. There was a young boy and a girl. They were 10 and 11. And then they were talking to us and they were asking heaps of questions. And I sort of just ended up just taking the time and I went to the side and like chatted to them for a while. And then they were asked me, they're like, what's the most, um, like, what's the best advice you could give uh, like the, these guys or whatever? That's what the mum said to me. Yeah. And then I, I said, I told them that thing. I said, um, what, like I said, at the end of the day, your mum's going to try and do the best she can to, because she said, she mentioned that they didn't have their dad around and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was just her. And I, yeah, I said, um, your mum's going to do everything she can and tell you what you can and can't do. But if you guys are going to live off waiting to hear what your mum says, yes or no to, that's just her doing the best she can. And you're at the end of the day, your mum is only 10% of, what you guys what what control she has over you guys the other 90 percent is up to you guys so whatever the hell you want to do or whatever you want to do with your life if you want to listen to her and do good things do it but if you don't want to listen to your mom and to take up that's your 90 percent you guys are in control now and the sooner kids get that i think yeah yeah sort of like that but uh, it makes sense i found it really interesting when i started saying it i was like that's how I... Yeah, yeah I was like, shit, yeah. I didn't even realise. And then I was saying it to the kids. And then I realised, I was like, shit, I'm... Now that I think about it, I'm like, I didn't realise. I thought it was normal at the time. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then now I look at how um, kids are always just waiting to hear, oh, no, nah, mum or dad doesn't yeah. know, or whatever. Like, 
they're always if they're not getting told off they just go and do the wrong thing yeah that's how they're like program i don't know that's what i sort of see or they just be brats or yeah if the parents aren't stopping them they're being brats they're not taking it on themselves i think i don't know did you <laughs> when you were got like because we were the same man like we fuck man i used to get teased flat out in school because i had like this little fucking lunchbox and shit and, like all the kids would get lunch money so there wasn't that many kids that would go to school with yeah. like a, a lunchbox. Yeah. And I used to, I remember, I had, mine was like a little esky with like a shoulder strap. So like I couldn't even fit it in my bag. So I'd have to, I was the nerdiest cunt. I had like a fucking backpack and then a big lunchbox that I used to put on my shoulder. So I was just the fucking dorkiest dude ever. That's it. And I used to just get paid out, flat <laughs> out for a day. And I Jungle hate, Jace. The jungle Jace. <laughs> and I hated the kids that like had tuck shop money and they just, they were just oh, those dude. little asshole guys. But they're the kids that are worse off these days. They are, right? I was just going to say, like, do you, do you reckon that, because um, like I'm you like, went Dad, through I'm that. like, why the? I'm like, Dad, buy me this damn lollipop. It's twenty cents. Yeah. I don't have twenty cents. Dad, can I please have this? Why the hell won't you buy me? And I'd get so mad. I'd I clash with him. And say, why the freaking tight ass? Like, yeah. I'm thinking and I'm blowing up. But all the kids that got the lunch money, the ice cream, the freaking all the lollies, new um, shoes, dude, the like, fucking Smith packets. Oh, sorry. Just pull <laughs> it. Up. Just pull it back. You don't have. You don't have to go into Do it. Do I feel it? Back. yeah just pull it back i'll peel it back <laughs> um yeah dude um all the kids that uh yeah got all that shit yeah we're sort of worse off um yeah i don't think you're doing your kids any favors by yeah. buying them the latest technology or whatever it is and i look back now too and i'm like so grateful that because my dad was like we went fucking camping and fishing and like we do all this crazy shit of like I've said fucking random stories on here before but like times where their boat got bogged going up the cape and we had the boat trailer on and it was so muddy that my dad and his mate had shovels and they were like shoveling the fucking mud out from behind the boat trailer wheels mm. and I'm like nine and I'm driving yeah, a hundred series land cruiser and I drove the thing for eight hours man it took eight hours to go like 140 k's I'm just first gear oh, just like freaking out they're like I'm grateful that my dad gave me like that much responsibility i was never yeah. like me and my brother were never these kids that just got fucking babied around yeah. and it was sort of like it was a similar thing like same with working on bikes man like mm. if we didn't if we didn't fucking work on bikes we didn't ride them like there's just all that same jobs and shit like that if you don't do jobs you don't get to ride but yeah. nowadays i look at it and i'm like fuck i hate it i fucking hated my dad at the time like Dude. i clashed with him so much and now i'm like looking at my dad like yeah, you he, fucking did me a solid yeah. like you did me such and a as fucking a kid, solid you're so blind to it you're like oh. and people say it to you and as a kid you're like I don't, I don't understand how him not buying me that lollipop is gonna yes yeah, this is gonna make me better anyway dude i'd get to my friend's houses and i would freaking eat every bit of food <laughs> in their pantry man i'd get there and just go holy shit and then everyone would always be like doesn't your father ever feed you doesn't your? i'm like fuck i'm in it's christmas for me right now I've, i'm like going through my friend's pantries and stuff um, and man, I'm like cracking packets of chips and just going, huh? 
I'm like, this is sick and getting all pumped. And I ended up just staying at their houses for like weeks at a time. And then... <laughs> to get some food. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, this is sick. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, but well, we yeah. got lucky with food, but man, my mum's a fucking best cook. <laughs> but with, you know what I... Like, my version of that is orange juice. I fucking loved orange dude, juice Dude, so there's more sugar in that than freaking... I know, dude. ...than most stuff. Yeah, I watched a documentary on food the other day. And, um, Which one was it? Was it that Magic pill. One? Which one was it? Magic Pill. Magic Is it on Pill. Netflix? Is it good? On Netflix. Uh, it's a bit boring but to watch, but it's really interesting information. And um, I think that um, it just really teaches... It just talks about how in the earlier years, how they say that um, everyone that was trying to lose fat or like not get fat, they'd just cut all fats out of their diet. Yeah. But then they real and then they'd still eat, have all the sugars. But then it's actually the complete opposite. It's fine yeah. to have the fats, but just cut sugar out and because you've, you've been pretty much cutting out most sugar. Eh? Sugar's the stuff that um grows any virus. So if you like whatever it is, any viruses or yeah. cancers or whatever you have, sugar grows it. So um it, that's sort of what I gathered. Well, watching I the think um yeah. So it'll the cells themselves will use like glycogen as mm. energy which is like comes which is so you, your body has sugar and carbs it turns us to glucose yeah. which then i think it's turned into like glycogen and then that's the shit that like mm. uh cells feed on like it gives at a cellular level i think it gives it energy yeah but dude rob beams the last guy that was on the podcast he's like a human performance coach fuck man he'll blow your mind with yeah. shit like that eh? like it was so cool i didn't know until that podcast that um fat and sleep was the only thing that produced uh, testosterone and human growth hormone. So, yeah. So he was saying, if you have like a super high fat diet and then get a lot of sleep, that is how you will, uh, your body will then turn that into hormones. And it only happens when you sleep. So he reckons like the best thing you can do before you sleep is like have like an avocado because it's like crazy good natural fats with some olive oil and some salt and pepper. And then he's like, you'll be fucking cheering. So I've, I've been like flat out on the Avo toast lately. Yeah. Because eh? I got to a point with training like, have you ever got like super run down where you just, where you feel like you, like you actually feel like your body's fucked? Yeah, I do. But then I just tell myself I'm being you a pussy just keep going, and yeah, just try and get over it. Because <laughs> oh, dude, I got to a point where recently I was just like, I'm cooked. Like I've never napped my whole life. Like I, if uh, during the day, even when I was in daycare and shit, I wouldn't go to sleep. Really? Yeah, bro. Like for real. And then nowadays I'm like three o'clock, 20 yeah. minutes, then I'm back. But I'm yeah. like, I was just fucked. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's just from not eating right, not sleeping enough. Mm. Yeah. Well, like traveling so much and going in and out of time zones from each country where our sleeping patterns are all out of work. Just cooked all the time. Yeah. So like... As far as daytime napping, man, I don't even, half the time I don't even, I don't even know what time it is or you, I don't even, I don't look, I, the only time I look at the time is wherever I am and I focus on that. I, whenever I'm in a different country, I try to never look back at the old time. Yeah. Like, cause then you can have in your head, oh, it's daytime right now. So you're lying in bed going, it's daytime right now at home, but it's like, you're putting that thought in your head. Yeah. So I always just focus on where I am, but Sleeping patterns all out of whack. When I get home or when I get to new places and I'm jet lagged, I just push through the days and then yeah. fight like jet lag, as I said, like Is jet lag a non existent word? Uh Is that another word you don't believe in? It's just it's just a word that I just don't even pay any attention to, this <laughs> or whatever. But like I, I think um 
like I could have like a full all-nighter or whatever and function suite and be able to do everything I need to do the next day. Um, so I think like far as jet lag goes, you just, just go through the day. Like I do, like you'll hit a time sometimes and you're like, shit, like middle of the day when you get to new places, you're like, shit, I'm tired or whatever. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah, I don't find it that hard to just get through that day and then go to sleep and then... But then when you sleep that night, you have a sick sleep anyway. You get yeah. like a mad sleep. Might take like a, yeah, it's pretty chilling. Um, the thing that I think like, so when you did your first podcast mm. with us last year and me included, I didn't think that you would be a guy that's thought about as much stuff as you have. Because like, if, if you just take it on face value, like you just follow, follow Harry Bink and you don't look into you any deeper... Mm. then you're just like, oh, this dude just fucking sends it and all he does. But then that's why I think so many people loved your podcast is because everyone's following along and then they're like, this motherfucker's like a little mini guru dude of like just thinking about Suck stuff. Sucking the day's dick. But you've got like, you, you've got a reason, like you said, <clears throat> or you, you know your why and like you'll say, yeah, you get to suck the day's dick off and it's like, that's like a yeah. ha funny thing but yeah. there's like some real shit behind it that you've really thought about like have you always thought like this yeah or is it a new thing because like 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 we were just saying before every time we hang out it feels like a podcast because you're a dude i fucking like talking to yeah i find um that all came about because i found when you act serious act too serious for stuff it just gets you nowhere so Every time I tried to say it, be like I'd be like, "Oh, pussy's pussy," but then like mothers and stuff would be like, "What? That, that's gross!" Like, well, like even some of my mates' girlfriends and stuff, they're like, "What? Pussy's pussy," but that's my way of saying, um, "Life is life." Yeah, like, yeah. like it is what it is. You yeah. know, people are like, "Oh, oh, well, it is what it is," but I'm just like, "Oh, pussy's pussy." Yeah, because it has the sort of the same meaning, yeah, or like yeah. you know, like sucking the day's dick, or like. It's like, oh, that's sort of gross or whatever, but it's like... It's th- your th- unique It's my language of, yeah. of being funny and keeping the energy, but being serious at the same time. Now, you can take that two ways. And there are a lot of people that look at me differently as well. I have some sponsors that look at me differently. Certain people... Some people see inside me and know what they're seeing and they're like, fuck, they're with me. Yeah. Other people are like, oh, I don't know about this kid or whatever it is. But um, I'm, I, I've always said to myself from the start, um, I'm not going to let that change me being me. Yeah. And I would rather work a full-time job being a builder than not being me. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, it's clashed against me and people have tried to tell me, oh, you've lost it, are you too loose or whatever. But it's like, I just believe in myself. And there was a really long period of time there where, I let everyone else's thoughts um, get, into, com- get into my head. And I'm like, shit, maybe these guys are right. But I was just trying to be a fun, energetic kid that just wanted to keep progressing in freestyle and having as much fun as I could in the meantime. But when I say having fun, I never skipped any work. I never... Yeah. I, I always finished my work before I had fun and I always would show up to stuff or whatever it is. Um, but... Um, but yeah, there was a time period where people would talk, oh, like, what, what are you, are you, what are you trying to do? That'll never happen or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's so much stuff that people said to me that, oh, that would never happen. You'd never, like, you'd never get this or whatever it is. And I, um, because there are so many negative 
words, thoughts yeah. from the closest people in your life, whether if it's a boss or whatever it is, man. Like the only person that's going to believe in in anyone is yourself believing in yourself. So it's super harder as a young kid when you have all these older people thoughts telling you certain stuff and you're like, shit, maybe it's true or whatever. Like it sort of sometimes you do get those thoughts. But I just kept trying to, as I said, just um, work harder than I play and then just keep um, keep that going. But um, yeah, I just... I'm not going to stop my formula and every yeah. I, and also everything I've ever done I've never done it for the money. Um I've I always do it for the fun, the love of it and growing within whatever I'm doing. I always want to grow. I don't, I don't want to just sit and stop and stay stale. I want to keep growing, progressing in a safe manner, but be gnarly because if we're growing, that's more fun I can have. Yeah. Well, after like after hours or whatever it is, and it's just and I, and I'm having a mad time doing it. But what I said with the money thing also, it's um, it's super gnarly within, especially within freestyle, and I'm sure it's uh pretty similar in some other sports. But freestyle is gnarly. It's a life or death sport, and if you're not on your A game, you could friggin' have the consequences of death or whatever it is and um every time i put on my helmet i'm aware of that and and obviously and and um, every other freestyle rider that is in our sport um is aware of that and it's we sort of tackle it different ways so it's really important that if i'm going to do a show and i'm going to do a trick or do a gnarly trick you get your money's worth for the show yeah because if you're like yeah dude i'll just do it for that much or whatever um you're undercutting the sport and it's and it's and it will shorten the life of the sport but the sport as a double backflip 10 years ago was like the craziest shit ever but now there's like a lot more people doing it so you're not going to get the money doing yeah, the, same the same money thing. so you can't be like oh no i want this much or whatever so you need to grow with the sport as far as mm. asking for prices um Dude, there's shoe there's shoe companies thrown around like ten like ten thousand dollar plus or like freaking fifty thousand dollar sponsorship just for shoes. Now it's like uh, you might get free product or like there's it's no crazy, there dude. is not one shoe company throwing around money. Nah. Like right now. man, remember like Etnies and shit. Like yeah, they were DBS, throwing. They were, throwing they were doing around. like fucking hundred k deals yeah. with people. Like Twitch had Twitch had uh, like Etnies for years. That was like his main thing and like. Dude, I was talking about this with Kerry Hart. He's like, it's fucking changed, dude. Yeah. You know, No Fear was like a multi-million dollar company. That was thrown... Like, No Fear would be flying... Um, Kevin Windham was saying that No Fear would, like, pick him up with a helicopter and, like, just fucking Mentally. fly into these photo shoots. Like, Ocean and Earth. Like, they came in hot, had helicopters, cars, yeah, yeah. and then they just disappeared. I was like, where, like what, where did that go? But um, so the sport's developing, the sport's changing. There might not be as much money in the brands or whatever. But like when the brands approach you and go, look, dude, we want to sponsor this or, but sorry, man, we need it. This is all we can offer. So you can't, you got to, because a lot of brands do that and they're just freaking bluffing you just to save a dollar and their dogs yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And they're just trying to, not dogs, but being Lobo, businessmen. Yeah. No, yeah. they're being businessmen. They're doing their job and that's how business works, which I 100% respect. But um. I don't like it when they come to riders and they try and convince you over and over again that this is a really good deal, this is a really good deal. 
like you need to take this like you're not gonna get better and then the next yeah. team offers like four times the amount it's like dude you were just fucking bull- lying through your teeth to me so i don't like it when people approach you like that but i want to grow with them and if there's like i know that there's no money in it so i want to work with them and um so we'll, we'll go all right let's let's team up let's start at a base but like if well, I, sammy is a perfect example of this though yeah really good example but it's like let's start let's just let's just not even have money let's just start let's just team up come up with a plan and then let's grow together so like all right if i sell x amount of sales or whatever it is um all right can i get an incentive of this and grow within each other but you need to know this guy's not a bullshitter and just gonna go because i've had it before they go yeah yep 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 promise you the world and then you go to contract time and then they go they offer you the exactly the same contract as last year it's like dude you said you guys were gonna bump that up and then we grow or if i grow if i win a competition or whatever it is and i've like done the stuff that we sort of talked about and then it's like dude at least fuck offer me 20 bucks more than the last yeah. one just make me feel like i just fucking got something better than last year especially when because you've your life every fucking yeah yeah so it's like growing with each other um and obviously as we said there's no money but i think it's more important of um just working with 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 another one another and um growing within ourselves like starting somewhere setting a plan and sort of growing and trying to work or something as far as um i i I know the sport um isn't where it used to be but i believe that it's definitely not um there's there's a there's a whole with all the new um, development and safety within the sport, um, airbags instead of like replacing all the foam pits, um, the in the last five in the last three five, five to three whatever five years, the safety in freestyle has just went through the roof. It got really gnarly at one stage and it wasn't the safety wasn't progressing with the ramps, but now like Nitro Circus have just insanely progressed the safety with the size of the ramps which is the most important thing where um at one stage they were trying like there was some new ramps getting built but then the down ramps weren't matching the up ramps yeah they built a new bigger ramp but the down ramp stayed the same size it's like dude like we need to it's really important that we progress everything at the same time yeah yeah so um as far as freestyle goes the the amount of talent dude in australia the amount of talent that um the talented like freestyle riders there is some serious talent and there are some serious underdogs riding within the country and like there are a lot of really good young riders like just doing some big gnarly tricks um that that just still work normal jobs and mm. what and if they were like five years five ten years ago they'd be like high paid whatever yeah. but it's just like they're just coming in a five ten years late or whatever it is but um Obviously, because the safety is there, is there now, so they can send double backflips in a in a average ride because they have the airbags on the down ramp. Yeah, what's those airbags like? Amazing. Are they better than foam pits? Yes, twenty way better, and really? you can land on your head on them, and you're sweet. But so, what about the like the airbag down ramps? Do um, they have those? Yes, they so they have the airbags. So they have uh, down ramps. They have the big square airbags, which yeah, you would have seen yeah, in all Travis's yeah, yeah. videos. And then they have these um, airbags that are about two meters thick or whatever when they're blown up. And they sit on top of... They're the Kevlar ones, eh? And they sit on top of the down ramp? Yeah, they sit on top of the down ramp. Um, and they're basically... Sorry, when I said you can land on your head in your suite, 
You can get hurt. You yeah, can. Yeah. There's there's ends of there, people oh, are broken. Bro, there's fucking freak shit if you fall off a chair. People exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. But um, I just tell myself. You but sweet, in terms of like minimising the risk, that's how I think. And um, but I've landed on my head trying a double backflip Indian air at um on one of Trav's big step ups, and I landed clean on my head um, and onto the big airbag. And uh, did you it, think you were fucked? Yeah, I didn't know where I was. It was my second jump off it, and I was like, "I'm gonna try." First jump off the Travis Big Step Up um, was a double backflip. First jump because a single flip it's just too much time. Yeah, you just going bot. Yeah, so I just like <laughs> just rode off the thing, third gear pinned on a 450, and just got to the top, gave it a nice little tug, and just sat, did one, and I'm like, it was like a video game. You know when you're like playing MX vs ATV or whatever, and you <laughs> and hit a jump, you like and going. you like hit the mountain, and you're in the air for ages, and you like do a flip, and you're like, oh, I'll just pull the triggers and do another flip or whatever. Yeah. That's literally what it felt like. <laughs> I just rode off this lip, and I'm like, I don't know, I've never jumped this jump before. Gave it a, just a little tug. I'm like, yeah, it's a little decent, firm tug. And then I, I did one rotation and I'm like, yep, I'm still going up. All right. And then you just sort of like... So do you're still doing the first backflip and still going up. Yeah, and I'm still going up. So I just like, just leant forward a bit and just like stalled it out of it on the second one. And then just sat around and landed perfectly wheels first, double flip first jump off this big step up. And I'm just like, sweet. I'm just going to pull a little bit harder the next one and do an Indian air. Yanked. Did a like a little Indian air ruler, Indian air thing or whatever, like super flip indie. And I forgot I was doing a double flip. I just yanked and I was like, just because every time I do like Indian air super flips. It's a one flip. I, it's usually one. And I just did, I held it out and I paused. I'm like, this is sick. Look down and I'm like, oh yeah, spot it. And then I'm like, got back on and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm doing two. <laughs> and went around and just like gave it a good rev. Landed perfectly on my head and it was smoother than my first jump when I landed on the wheels. Really? It was fair. And that's with the bike on top of you. Yeah, yeah, landing clean on my head. That's gnarly, dude. So So the airbags are good, but in saying that you can get you you can get wedged in a bad situation and like you could get seriously hurt on them still, but it's everything though. Yeah, exactly right. So but like with a foam pit, man, if the bike comes down on you in the foamy, you're gonna be getting pumped. Yeah, well, the thing is with the foam pit, man, they're, they're literally death traps. Like, that's what it feels like. Foam pits are gnarly. The problem is with the foam pits, there's risk of fire. Yeah. Um, so whenever... And you can't get out quick. Yeah. Foam goes up quick foam, and you can't get out. Well, foam pits are like quicksand. Have you... Like, yeah. I've never been in quicksand, but... um. But when I walk, when you walk through the foam pit, like you need literally need to like you know when you're trying this, yeah, just they're really hard to get around because you're just over waist. It's like being all, yeah, it is like you're quicksand. O- you're over waist deep nearly in the foam when you're walking through them, and you have to lift your feet up over your waist every time you just to get like a step forward. So when you land on your head with a 120 kilo bike, above, and you're usually like doing a flip or whatever, you're going pretty high, uh, roughly eight meters high um like when we're tr- when guys are trying to work on double flips you do one and a half flips and it happens all the time people look like you land on your head that and then shit. and then so just picture it for a second you've just landed on this foam pit this um i was yeah so you've landed in the foam pit on your head the 120 kilo bike drives you down to the bottom of the foam pit most of the time, every time I've been trapped in there, I've had the fuel drip on you because oh. the petrol tank's directly above you and you feel the petrol dripping on you. And then your exhaust pipe 
So before we jump, we have heat wrap on our exhaust pipes and water. So we cool down the exhaust. We turn off the bike, cool it down, and then make sure the exhaust pipe has no heat in it. And then we would literally start it and just go right yeah. at the lip, do the jump, and then turn bike, it yeah. bike stalls Stalls. when it lands in the pit majority of the time. Sometimes the throttle gets stuck on and goes... Brrr. But... um. Yeah, so, but with the toxic fumes in there, it's against, like, the foams against the exhaust pipe. You're trapped. Petrol is dripping on you. And in this, like, with your um, helmet where there's a little air pocket where you can breathe. But this is, like, pitch black, jammed in the most awkward oh, position you could gnarly, possibly dude. think of. And one minute of being trapped in a foam pit is, like, 15 minutes. Like, one minute feels like 15 minutes. And then, so, if you're in there for two minutes, that's, like, half an hour. If you're in there for like five minutes, it feels like you're down there for an hour. But just because um, you can barely breathe and you're trying to... You're like claustrophobic. And, and if you're claustrophobic and you panic and you're like... Because you use all your strength, you're like trying to move around to try yeah. and get out and you're like, there's just no hope. So you just got to go into calm mode and go just try and get that air. But then when the exhaust pipe's doing toxic fumes on the... Like when the, the foam's burning on the exhaust pipe, it smokes. Yeah. And you get those toxic fumes in there. So sometimes it can get pretty scary. Um, have then, you ever seen people have like freakouts in there? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Really? Yeah, yeah, because you just like... Ah, yeah. But then when they land, sometimes... We've had times where... Like I remember Bert, we were digging out uh, Brad Birch not that long ago off the moon booter. And we were standing on him, digging in front of us, trying to find him. So we got the crane as soon as he landed. Because we, obviously, when you're trying a trick where you think you're going to land on your head, we'll try and have a good squad of team there to just ready to just dig you out. And he'd landed in the pit. And then we got the crane straight to him, got the bike out. And we're digging, digging, digging. And we're standing on where he is. And we're digging right in front of us where we thought he was. So, and then when we got low enough, where he's like, help. And then we like dug in sideways and he like came out. Yeah, where we're standing. Oh, shit. So, um, yeah, it can, it's pretty gnarly. Um, but as that's why airbags are so good, man. You can, yeah, you just can't get caught. Yeah, which, as I said, you can sort of get hurt a little bit if you land on your head, but um, it minimizes fire and, um, yeah, minimizes fire and, yeah, get it in the claustrophobic. So trapped, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's gnarly. It's crazy. Like, it, it makes sense that that's why all you boys are so tight, mm. is because, like, you're playing such a high fucking risk game with each other every day that you're at that compound. And like you said, you've got a whole squad of dudes and then you're teamed up and you're like ready to essentially rescue your mate every time they go into that foam pit because it's a pretty heavy situation. Mm. So it's like, it sort of makes sense. That's why you boys are so fucking tight, you know? Yeah. Because you're going through some hectic shit together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like when we're riding in shows, we're like, yep, all right, we're doing a flip train. There's a lot of trust. Like yeah. in the rider in front of you, knowing that they can do it. We're doing backflip flip tricks and then you're landing and you're relying that the person in front of you has landed and whatnot otherwise if the first person crashes we all land on top and it gets nasty like there's um there's been some pretty severe crashes in that but as far as um like fear and stuff goes we when you practice a lot it becomes second nature sort of like kissing the kissing a girl for the first time it's pretty scary the first time (laughs) once you do it a few times it's not as scary Uh, but uh yeah it's um yeah we just try and practice as much as we can and um but yeah it's um it's fun we spend a lot of time on tour together and traveling yeah it's it's unreal it's it's a good lifestyle um with the with the nitro stuff 
How much input do you get to have into the shows? Uh, well, Steve Minnie is actually the athlete um, between Steve Minnie and uh, um, Bo Bamberg. Just took is um, they uh, write the show up, so they'll get on the whiteboard and write the full show. Uh, Nitro says what they want, what as far as big tricks and budgets for the show. They'll say, all right, because you just kind of get paid as off what you do, right? Correct. Every there's no set. They're, they're everyone's wages depending on what trick they're going to throw and how much they do in the show correct yeah, yeah. exactly so um which is pretty good it's eh? no different to like any um famous actor going into a movie set it's like it's not a set price for yeah. for the rock or johnny knoxville yeah it's um i feel like the rock gets a little bit more yeah no shit so there's no set like, yeah, there's yeah. no set price yeah. and it's the same thing for like bilko who's been riding from the first crusty demon show to me coming in and going oh hey i'm the new guy or whatever like when i used to come in or whatever i can't go i want like whatever it is you got to earn it and um whether if it's like and it comes down to like um how many ticket sales you're going to bring into the show um it comes down to all different types of stuff um but like nitro circus is obviously about sending it and doing gnarly stuff but it's also about um being able to do it perfect like when it comes to the synchro section being able to ride like synchro with one another being able to ride in trains um reading off a freaking whiteboard man you'd be surprised how many riders can't um <laughs> just know their order or know where they're up to or mess it up or whatever it is and it can get very overwhelming when you're in the show and there's screaming fans and you're like and then the announcers and, are going loud yeah and we're doing a few trains in the row and you're like shit what was this train again and you so forget. is it all on a whiteboard out the back yeah we just have we, so you know where so you're up to yeah Steve Mini but then if I like I'm like Mini I'm, man my whips are feeling sick or man I'm loving my rock solids lately can I do the rock solid in the first segment he'll be like yeah dude um, we'll change it around or whatever that's cool eh? so we all work as a team and we have an input like. So it is really cool like that, and every rider's every rider that's on tour, like Jared McNeil, has the best whip in the world. So he's on the show because he has he's in the show because he has a gnarly, dirtiest whip you have ever seen before. So um, every, and then everyone sort of just varies, and they're on their yeah for their specialty. So um, yeah, if you feel like you got something special for the show, you sort of talk to them, and then or Minnie will be like, "No, they're not." Your rock solids are shit. Jared, Jared's still doing. <laughs> and they it. actually know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a fair game. Like yeah. we're, we're honest with each other. There's no beating around the bush. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's cool having the riders as the athlete manager. Yeah, or so like, sorry, the, not the athlete yeah, manager, yeah. but like riding the show structure yeah, yeah yeah so they're working with one another and they're in the show but it's also good when like mini or bamberg come over and they're like hey dude like because mini did it from day one with nitro it's just recently bo's taken over but um yeah they'll be like hey dude are you sweet for your trick still like you're all good and they sort of go around each rider hey man you remember these trains like and just familiarize everyone because it can get very overwhelming when you're in in the moment and there's lots of nerves for like new riders that come in and nitro always wherever we travel around the world they always try and pick a local so whoever's riding the best in that town if they haven't done a show before they love giving everyone a chance and an opportunity that's it for all young up-and-comers because i know as a kid for me my dream was to do nitro circus shows i didn't that's all i i didn't have any goals past that i didn't think i'd ever be capable of doing like an x games or something so my goal was just but i grew up watching nitro circus and as a kid my dream was just to 
be a part of the Nitro Circus. That was my dream. Whether if it was friggin' doing anything, it was just, that was my dream. So, I always, whenever you get carried away and you get burnt out on tour or whatever, it's like, dude, I always just I go back to, to do it. this. Yeah, it's like, what, what do you want when you're a kid? And it's really important that you remind yourself those things because you'd be surprised how many people forget it. Dude, you know what's crazy? I'm not going to mention names, but I've got, uh, I know a guy um, who's on the tour. I don't know if he's still on it or whatever. But like, I'd hang out with him a bit back in the day in California and he'd always be complaining. Oh, man. And, and I was just like, can't fuck off bro. This, like, it's, it's, and that shit's contagious man. oh yeah it was like gnarly it was gnarly to hear it's him very like constantly say like oh, i'm not getting paid this and they're cutting it and uh, going here and i'm just like mate fuck, fuck off yeah like for real fuck off because it's like yeah you get to do mm. this like it's fucking sick what you do get mm. to do and it's like driving around in his fucking sick car and stuff and i like didn't even have a car and i was like fuck off bro i know it's crazy that's what it is um but i know where that like you it's always easy. have to go back to the basics and just yeah it's easy to get in that mentality mm. like big time you mm. know but like you said and when you hang out with people like that it is extremely contagious yeah <laughs> Do you have you just got like a policy where you just clip that shit? Like yeah, I just I just turn off. I I have heaps of stuff that, but I don't I won't um, talk negative on it or whatever or like or like call them out or I just 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 ignore it. So you won't call someone out if they're being a negative. Kind oh, of I feel like my homie, and I'm like you. I might like call him a little bitch or whatever, and just be like, dude, what are you like? But I don't get all serious or anything. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I just just take the piss. I never get. I I think I always just try and keep it mellow. <laughs> but I'll just take the piss. But it, I like always take the piss. I do it with everyone around me. Um, I don't get. I never try to get. Like I never go, dude. Like oh my god. Like you can't be doing this or tell people what they yeah. can and can't do. I'll just like make a joke and be like, oh dude, like whatever. And that's how I got sort of brought up. Um, when I first came into the freestyle world. I was really lucky to be surrounded by a bunch of good guys like Steve Mini, Kane Saul, Brad Birch, Scott Fitzgerald, um, Robbie Marshall. Uh, even like when I got on the tour, like Sinclair, Bilko, like they all were, they all like gave me a little bit of shit at the start, but like I sort of, they give you shit and then you sort of like have to go through it and prove yourself a yeah. bit. And then once they realize that you're like not just some little bitch that's gonna like cry about it yeah and like you can actually handle a bit then they'll start helping you out teaching the ways or whatever but like if you don't sort of get through those first bit it's like which a lot of people sort of don't, don't as well yeah. um but you sort of it's like yeah you got to sort of prove yourself it's like anything you do but um it was the same thing they'd like take the piss out of me give me shit like just pay me out or like oh like um, like just as simple as like if I had something wrong on my bike, they're like, oh, of course your bike, like your bike's fucked. Like you don't even, you wouldn't, yeah. have, you wouldn't even know how to put on your grips. Like you just like talk, <laughs> like just fucking roast me. But it was, so, but I was like that. I was like I yeah, was, I wasn't yeah. useless. I was learning. Yeah. Um, and whatever it is like it was. that tough love, eh? Yeah, but Dude, I get that you shit learn in the gym quicker, and you can take it two different ways. You yeah. can sulk over it or whatever. Or you can just just take it and just like keep going and learn. And there was a while where I was like, "Fuck, these guys don't even like me." I don't. And I'm like, and I was like, it was a fair while where I'm like, I don't know, do these guys? I don't know. This. Well, I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) Just oh, just keep going and cruising. And but um, I think everyone goes through it. And um, you're right though. The people that quit from that shit 
it's like well you weren't meant to be there yeah yeah and it's like the ones that stick it out it's like well you fucking earned it you yeah. are meant to be here well like on nitro we have like 10 anywhere between 8 to 12 riders on tours and um is that each discipline so no 8 to 12 riders on the FMX side so everything yeah, I've okay. been talking about um with nitro is just purely FMX yeah, side yeah, yeah. yeah I have FMX side Gigana side it's completely separate and Travis Estrana is about the only one that crosses both. Ethan yeah. Roberts has a crack every now and then. Dusty Weigel. Dude, but, um, he's they might, a lord, that they, guy. Yeah, dude, those two might bust out a pit bike every now and then. Those those two guys have been doing Nitro from, like, the start, and they're savage. Dusty's one of the... Uh, Dusty's, like, if there was a Bear Grylls of action sports, <laughs> Dusty Weigel is dude, the Bear Grylls of action sports. He can it. fucking do anything, bro. Oh, man, oh. he can. He's, like, a jack of all trades. He's a perfect example of you don't have to do this you get to do this Dude, he's man yeah. he just does and he'll just pick up anything have a crack anyone and that can be married to tara geiger <laughs> <laughs> as well and not not get run out of town is oh, like a dude. fucking lord as well i couldn't imagine dating a chick that could beat you around a track on a dirt she's bike. so gnarly <laughs> dude i saw her oh, no sorry married to it yeah having your wife faster than you around a track on a dirt bike dude when we were <laughs> we were at uh that Travis Florida house they got the jet skis there and do, have you ever seen Tara ride a stand up jet ski I've seen some stuff on social media and whatnot. she's a freak bro and she was just <laughs> handing it to Travis say eh? and really? uh, yeah and he was losing his shit and like it was so that's amazing it was so sick to watch her just be like yeah dude don't Travis like I'm going out again and she's like don't bother dude you suck <laughs> <laughs> and Travis was just dude he, was he never gives up man and he, d- he didn't beat the time dude she was the fastest but and then it was oh like and then like Dusty's just there and then he'll he did like a mini flip he'll send it on a moto like oh, he's just man. a savage bro savage like a mini flip scared the hell out of me I've done it a fair few before my land to cra- um, my yeah land to crash rate was 50 60 50 50 <laughs> really? yeah dude i've had some some i've had some really bad crashes on mini flips did you ever see the footage of um so i filmed him do his first one and trav did one it was at just like some random motocross track and um he went up trav did it and then dusty's like shitting himself he jumped on trav's rm 250 and he fucking launched it bro he went like 30 feet in the air he just went like yeah and it was the biggest and even trav's like that's the biggest mini flip i've ever seen and he was like <laughs> dude it's so easy to do dude and tara was like she was actually tripping like don't do it don't do it don't yeah, do it and, and what Trav's a legend like, yeah and he sent it bro like it was three times higher than a normal mini flip that's loose yeah, it was fucking heavy yeah i sort of i did one of them but um it was like 30 foot and i landed on my head oh really yeah, I ran out of talent. Ran out of talent. <laughs> it happens. Um, oh, what the fuck was I going to say about the... Oh, we're talking about the nitro stuff. Dude, I might call a piss stop. I'm busting. Yeah, yeah, do it. Smack this monster. <laughs> <laughs> what? So what was that? So 70,000 thoughts a day. Sorry. <laughs> Harry just had a piss break, so now we're on a completely different oh, fucking man, topic. I'm probably going to talk a little bit slower now. I'm feeling good. <laughs> just, just relax. <laughs> I was hanging on. I, I reckon I went for like nearly two straight minutes. Why didn't you just... Um, yeah, I, you did piss a bit, eh? I did I did piss right before we came in as well. Yeah, I know, I know. But why didn't you just go when you wanted to? Because I'd probably go three times if I did that. Yeah, okay. so you had, you had to just like fully save it up. Yeah, I've been, I've been staying hydrated. That's, um, yeah, that 70,000 thoughts because I feel like that's always been my problem. And I, I yeah. was, because I was thinking about it, like, 
just mm. talking and like i'm just a weird i fucking think about way too much shit oh i think everyone does sort <laughs> of like that whatever it is but yeah i was thinking about talking and i was like well you know what started it is people that would at the start i don't it's like weird man we went through a patch of people being like fucking joe's talks too much and then now it's just stopped i don't know whether i just don't <laughs> talk as much or people are just like whatever this dickhead won't change <laughs> <laughs> but i was thinking about like i love talking to people because i got so much shit in my head <laughs> i'm like i need to get it out yeah I'm otherwise just, i'm gonna keep doing laps in my yeah, head i'm just like a fucking i'm like one of those dogs that just like keeps bringing back a fucking ball i'm just like just standing there but like cause that's that's the thing i love about having conversations it's uh, like here's what's in my fucking head tell me what you think because <laughs> this is doing my head in but to, I've never looked at that like so Mick just researched that and mm. it said 70,000 thoughts a day that's fucking pretty hectic that's it yeah, imagine a if don't think about it too hard well imagine <laughs> if 50,000 of them were negative or I wonder like <laughs> well, I imagine wonder, if 50,000 50, are more positive that's what I mean well you would be an example I would say of a person that would have of 70,000 thoughts I reckon 65,000 fuck you probably wouldn't have 5,000 negative thoughts in a day but like there would be people i know people i've got people in my life that have fucking seventy thousand negative thoughts a day and you're just like it that's actually blowing my mind now that i think about it like imagine if you're in a pattern of negativity and like say one monday fucking fucking monday fucking had a shit weekend fucking again you get oh fucking traffic sucks oh my boss is a dickhead it's oh man no fuck two more hours to smoke oh my coffee shop's not here oh the the dude's knocked off now the guy doesn't know how to make my coffee like imagine if you're just going through day and then weeks and then months of negative shit yeah and it and it actually snowballs yeah it does for sure it snowballs so seven i'm um, seventy thousand thoughts i'm not going to think about that too hard but then what creates these thoughts so are you making your thoughts off what other people think are you trying to do with are you trying to save up for that car just to have a better car than your mate that you're having a rivalry with or whatever or like or just impressing people you don't even know exactly whatever it is or just yeah what are creating these thoughts and like how you said how like it is contagious if you have like you, what you just said was a perfect example i think but um i think like have within them thoughts it's very contagious and they have a, a snowball effect on it but i think that's why it's so important to have all your um goals and um like everything within yourself so don't try and um, base your goals off impressing someone else or whatever yeah. it is um, competing against someone else or whatever it is um, the day I started competing against myself and um, and always just trying to one up myself not trying to focus on doing better to be in front of that person or that person or whatever as um, soon as I started competing against myself and um, trying to change the way I thought on stuff and just learn to take everything in yourself, not going, I'm going to do this because this is how this chick might think if I make this yeah, decision yeah. or letting a chick, chicks of what chicks, if you let chicks control your thoughts, you are, you know what? You <laughs> that's know what that's I, just a whole nother ball game. But dude, like, you know what? I fucking, <laughs> I got a sick quote for you there. 
out the back. <laughs> you know, I got a sick quote for you. This dude, Adam LaRoche, used to be a professional baseball player in America, gave up a $30 million contract. He had six months of baseball left for $30 million. They told him his kid couldn't come on the private plane with the team and couldn't sit in the dugout, so he told him to fuck off. So this dude's a G. He just let $30 million because they said he wouldn't let his kid yeah. hang out for six months. That's pretty so sick. So that's the level this dude's on. Yeah, and he wow. said... There's nothing nothing better than a good woman and nothing worse than a bad one. <laughs> and he's fucking right. That right. is the mate, that is very, very, very spot on. Cause you guys Cause when it's a smooth sailing, you're like, fuck you're how good's this? And you go in the moment and you post a cute photo on Instagram and you're like, fuck, this is sick. Or whatever, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> and then when it yeah, when it goes wrong, they um they know how to push your buttons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you got, man, I've seen dudes with chicks who are just like, what the fuck are you doing? I've seen it really. Bail, bail, get out. I've, what I have learned is it's self-inflicted. It is yeah. self But there are some ones where you can't, it's it's a it's a ball game. It's a it's like pull, it's like um going to the pokies and freaking yeah. You could get a like one day it could just turn on you like you just never know, man. <laughs> it's but that's the funnest thing about love. You never know, and if you did know, it'd be boring. Yeah, so yeah. when it goes bad, be like sick or whatever. Or if it's good, sick. But I think um yeah, when it goes bad or whatever, I I don't think it's um you should take it too hard on yourself. I think yeah. you should just be like it's all right, like all right, let's just this new journey <laughs> nah, but it's just like let's just figure yeah. it out like whatever it is like it's just it's just another path of life that's yeah. kind of whatever it is like yeah, yeah don't don't um don't lose sleep over it don't think too much about it <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty gnarly it, you're, you're so right though man like even uh one of my best mates oh my one of my best mates shane he's a dude where we we'll sitting on the couch we might have added we might have had something that was making us think different and um we were watching the like 20 year tony hawk it's like so it's a 20 year anniversary of the 900 did you know that 20 year anniversary of the 900 bro how fucking heavy is that that's that's i was 11 when that went down dude that freaks me out yeah that's wild and like so my buddy shane shout out he's a fucking mad dog he's sitting on the couch and we we're we we're watching it and we we're all like fuck man that's crazy eh and then all of a sudden he busts out he's like you know what fuck tony hawk and fuck the 900 <laughs> and i was like what and then he's like he's like harry pink did a front flip rock solid and then one of my other mates he doesn't like know anything about freestyle or whatever he's like what the fuck's that and then he's like fuck google it google it google it google harry pink front flip rock solid and then he's like fuck the 900 <laughs> but it's crazy that that is like how far that shit has come eh? yeah progress like you know and what you'd think was um i forgot what even got me onto this i was so excited just, about the story yeah but just like just how so long ago yeah that was impossible and it was completely impossible eh? yeah and, and tony hawk reached into the impossible and he and he created and showed this new pathway that no one believed in and he's like and he and he and he and he sh created this new path to like whatever it is and he um and he just, he was, he was at the top of the sport and he kept opening all these doors and going into the impossible and how everyone's beliefs are and tr like training well, he belief. just like elevated it. And that's what I'm saying with all the thoughts and family and friends. You say your ideas to your mum or dad, they go, Shh, come on, come on, mate, come on, Harry, have realistic stuff. That'll never, come on, just focus on finishing your apprenticeship and just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like if. Whatever it is, I think it's really important if you believe in it 
do it but don't throw away like apprenticeship or whatever like keep doing all your other stuff like but fucking have a crack in your downtime <laughs> like, yeah it's crazy though that like where it's come from mm. because like tw- the 20 years ago to to like if you said so say tony hawk does that 900 and then someone walked up to him like dude that's dope as fuck you should see what's gonna happen in 18 years this dude named harry bink from australia he's gonna do a double what what'd you do a, a front flip rock solid he's like he's gonna do a front flip on a bike and then he's gonna grab the seat do a superman then he's gonna let go oh, and dude, then he's gonna grab it again up. and then like that'd be like the fuck out of town yeah, yeah. or like if or like the day Kerry hart did his backflip mm. in 99 or 2000 well, dude, 2006 know. it's um 2000 and what 2019 now that's uh that's 15 years ago travis did the first double backflip was that when it was 2006, 2006 travis did the first double backflip at x games 15 years ago and it is still a massive life-threatening trick in freestyle motocross yeah that is true eh? it it definitely like it definitely slowed down because from six years from the double back how mick how far was it between all right well we could probably figure it out did did he do the did kerry hart do the backflip in 99 or 2000 it yeah, was Gravity 99 Games 99. Sounds eh? right. So then se- it took seven years to do a double backflip. Mm. So then what did it take to do... When did Sheeny do the triple? Oh, I think that was 15 or 16. So, so then that was... That was, so that was the gnarliest thing that has ever been done. That and a long distance record jump that uh, Robbie Madison holds. Dude. Uh, that, that Between Maddo and Sheeny... Easily have hands down the gnarliest thing that has been done on a freestyle Both motocross Aussies bike. with fucking big dick energy too. Oh, dude. <laughs> it was just... The triple is my favourite because it's just it should so be gnarly. But, um, man, I have some respect for those long distance jumps because I don't want anything to do with it. Well, you've just seen what happened to Axel. Yeah. Crazy, eh? But, um... Fuck, even, he got out of it too, dude. Even, like, losing, um a good friend Tyro and Gilks to like yeah. uh, he was the same age as me and were you guys mates yeah yeah and right. um he rode so good he was a lot better than I was um and he's just and he was just he had a mentality like Travis um he wasn't scared he did what he loved he had a heart of gold um I really 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 rated the guy um how much time did you spend together? Uh, we just like went r- riding and stuff. Um, uh, when I first started coming up to the Gold Coast, we yeah. like rode out at Bayards and stuff together. Um, I only met him when I first I came up here when I just start like sort of just started to flip and stuff. Um, and I was just coming into the freestyle scene, and I like would drive up from Canberra, stay at Kane Saul's house yeah. before I moved up here, and um, we'd go out freestyle riding, and he was just the other young rider and. I remember sitting in the back of like a ute one day and we were just chatting, just talking about random stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, like sick, what do you do for work and stuff? He's like, oh yeah, I was doing mechanic, like working in the mechanic shop, started to do like an apprenticeship. I, I can't remember if he said apprenticeship or just working in there, but he's like, yeah, it wasn't really for me. And yeah. now I'm just riding and stuff. And dude, this kid was like mental on a bike, like would flip like a hundred and something, like the dirt, biggest um, dirt flips, just like... He'd straight jump it a couple of times, flip it straight away. 
Yeah, um, he was talented. Yeah, today. doing like three sixties, um, some pretty big flip tricks, but just a really good all round natural terrain rider. And he was doing. He had the like the long distance records on like. Um, so he's got. Can you he look had a up few his records because he's got. I'm pretty sure he's got the longest on a one two five. Yeah, he had a he had a couple records. Yeah, I don't know like, exactly what they were, but I just remember watching yeah, we'll the videos because I remember he and had. I yeah. couldn't believe the. Um, just the, he just had that like um, Travis click about him. Like he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, and he just sort of like figure it just out. And do it. Set, just was so like, yeah, he was gnarly. But um, yeah, unfortunately, he was going for a long distance record jump, and yeah, 65? he um. Oh, that's right. So he had all of the distance records for like the small two strokes. Yeah, and man, these jumps were probably bigger jumps than I've jumped on my dirt bike to this day on a 450. Oh, and like then the easily, easily yeah. bigger. Um, like, yeah, the kid, kid was gnarly, and it was, it was sick to get to know him. Yeah, he it was um, cool. Yeah, I was pumped that I got to know, get to know him, and like hang out. Yeah, he's a he was a super cool dude. His whole family <laughs> is really cool. His mm. um, I I first met them because his sister worked at Lusty. Yep. So I like met. Yeah, her through family's that. awesome. Yeah, I yeah. actually became really good friends with his older brother Morgan. Yeah. Okay. After after yeah, well, the whole incident. Fuck, it's so heavy. How much does that shit rattle you when you see that stuff? Like, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Um, it does rattle me. Um, but I, as I said, I just try not to look at any. Yeah. It's just like I, I got, I didn't. It's not like oh fuck, dude, I lost a mate or whatever. It's like I got to know him. I got to know him. I, I got yeah. to know him. I got to hang out with him. He showed an awesome um energy and a, a cool like way of thinking mindset. Um. The kid didn't care about much. He's pretty gnarly. Um, but uh, it was just, it was just cool. I got to know him. We got to spend the time with him. And um, when you meet people, um, if they're here still or if they're not here, um, what it's, it's at the end of the day, you got to meet them and got to got you to know that, that you shared that yeah, and you got to know the energy. And um, obviously, you're whenever you hang around people, you're learning off them. You pick up things on what people do. And it's up to you if you want to take the good out of people or the bad out of people. Mm. And I got to meet Tyrone and I got to take the good out of him or whatever. And um, and I'm just grateful that I got to meet him and hang out with him. Um, I'd try, yeah, when um, I wouldn't, I'd try not to dwell on it too much. But yeah, I'm mm. super, super grateful I got to hang out with the guy. Yeah, see, and uh, like, see, that's the shit I'm talking about, bro. Like, that's like the most, it's like philosophical the way you answer shit. And it's like, I don't think you, I don't think you realize how good your attitude is. Like in terms of like people go to university to study <laughs> philosophy and shit that to get to the place that like, you, you just seem to come up with this shit. And I think that's why, and I mean, that's why after we did the first podcast, I was like, that is a real legit motherfucker that he puts out a, an image to the world of like who he is because that's, you are a loose cunt and you like to have fun but then there is like that full-on deep side of you that you know like you really mm. think about shit you i know you really care about the people that you know you're close to and stuff like that and so like, i think that's why people gravitate towards you so much is that you're not what mm. people expect when they see all the crazy shit and buying fucking goats and walking them on you know <laughs> Fuck what I mean? you. <laughs> but, uh. but you know what i mean like people expect this whole totally different thing but mm. then you just drop those little like you and it's not like it's easy to it's easy to say this shit 
But you fucking live this shit. Mm. You do live... You do suck the day's dick off every fucking day. You know, like, it's so easy to talk the talk. and it, mm. But it's so hard to walk the walk. And mm. I think, like, you know, you hear the way Travis talks about you. Like, Travis fucking dude, loves that, you, dude. That guy is my god. Literally. Yeah, but, like, he, but he mm. looks at you in such a crazy way because... You know, you do like, you say all the stuff, but you actually back up everything that you do say. Like, it's so easy to be a person that, you know, talks a bunch of shit and says like all those right answers and stuff. But, you know, you fucking really do walk the walk when it comes to this stuff. It's Mm. fucking sick. And I think that's why people love you so much. Cheers, cunt. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though, you know. But I always like, I always have people come to me and they're like, fucking harry is just the loosest cunt and i'm like oi man he's actually probably one of the smarter dudes you'll meet too you know and it might not be book smart or fucking you know every yeah, word definitely in not it. book smart <laughs> but when it comes down to that kind of shit like, i just love it dude i fucking love talking to you when it comes to that sort of stuff cheers bud people don't expect it from you yeah no, i think we're i th- i'm just having too much fun not to um and obviously i think a lot of that comes down to social media man people like watch social media and think they know someone before they've even met them like yeah, they watch true. and it's like it's so overwhelmed like if i post story i used to like post all my partying like heaps of stuff whatever yeah we've been through yeah <laughs> and i just post heaps of stuff and then i'd just be getting all these negative feedback or like people like oh you're okay or whatever i'm like what i'm like i'm doing the same shit i've been doing for the last few years but then i'd change my instagram stories and start doing different stuff and then like people would start treating me differently or like whatever it is or what and i'm like and it's crazy the impact what people think they know you they think they know what you get i could create four different lives on of just what i'm putting on my story yeah. and just throw different freaking ideas in people's heads of what i of your personality what just on like how you do your stories or whatever it is like people just um yeah yeah people sort of just like see it's pretty gnarly with dating and shit these days then you go out in a freaking club like you go out and and in less like you with the whole instagram thing it's pretty rarely where people will meet people in a club and just like give or like in a bar and stuff and give them the time of day without without creeping their Instagram and like sussing them out. And then once they sort of do, they think they know them or yeah. like whatever it is or like they'll check out all their photos. So my chicks are like super pressured to just like look like a supermodel on every post. Yeah, dude, it's heavy. Because though. then if they don't, they can't compete in the game of like whatever it is and this. And that. It's well, so, there was that person we were so talking about today. Just judging it just becomes, it's just a pure saying of judging a book by its cover. Like, and that's what I always try and do. Um, like what I was saying before, like if I don't have a beer with someone, I'm, I'm not giving them the time of day or like if someone's like, dude, let's have a beer or whatever. If I say no, it's like, I don't have time for you, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's... I, I, st- I do think like that. And if I haven't met the person before, um, if I'm like full train mode or whatever, I'll, I'll probably still have a beer with them. <laughs> just to like... Just to like... Whatever. Um, but um, to an extent, like I'm doing Dry July right now. So I'm like full... And I'm committed to that. And um, yeah, sweet. Chilling. No worries. Thanks for coming. Uh, so it's um it's good when there's actual proper excuse to be like, dude, I'm I'm, I'm committed to something. I'm for a good cause. I'll have, well. have a lime and soda with you though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just don't even show my face. Yeah, I know. It's too too dangerous. <laughs>
But yeah, like um, like the other week, um, Jacko and I went down. We flew down to yeah, dude. So I want to ask you about that, Jacko, sickest fucking human. Oh I've my ever god, met. he's I lo- a psycho. I bro. love the kid. <laughs> um, I grew up watching him on TV. Um, he's only like two or three year, two years older than me, I think. He's been two in the game three, for a three long years. time. But he got he started like Krusty Neiman stuff when he was like sixteen. Um. And then would he have made good money out, back then? I was in primary school. Beats me, man. Because I, I, re- I feel like he might have got he he might have been the last like lucky dude. Not lucky. Not well, lucky is a really bad uh, word to use, Jacko. Because nah, he, but he, he think of it in, in this work. context though. Because you put in work and you're doing crazy shit and you're but like you know how you're saying if I got in a freestyle five years earlier yeah you know what I mean? so I think there is a tiny bit of luck in terms of just the time but I like, thought that I thought that when I started freestyle I thought the sport was done and I thought I'm like fuck the sport's so gnarly now how are you meant to come up with new tricks yeah man if I came into the sport five or ten years ago I could have made so much fun. so that's just that negative yeah, thought. yeah, you're right. So then I changed my thought, and I'm like, "Fuck that! Um, I'm gonna look into the impulse. I'm gonna try and figure out whatever would be impossible." And that was when front flip ramps came in. Yeah. So like, I did like the um, on the nitro tour. Everyone was too scared to front flip the fronty ramp to the portable down to the portable down ramp. Um, Sorely attempted it in the first one of the first tours with the front flip ramp, and he got pumped ripped his he just got a shoulder he had a shoulder reconstruction and ripped his shoulder out um so he had to get another shoulder reconstruction so he had a pretty severe crash and then that was at the brisbane show and then the next one was in sydney and i'd been practicing him a bunch and um but every time those practice sessions i did it like in front of all the nitro bosses and stuff yeah yeah. and they ended up like we're at the sydney show and i was practicing they had the big airbag on the downy for practice and i went out and did like a heap and then, but I never went up to him and be like, yo, I can do the front flip, but can you put yeah, me on? Yeah, yeah, I, I always kept my mouth shut. I just feel like, but but just show, just like demonstrate um, what what I was, um, so I'd go out and practice and do a heap. And then um, one of the athlete managers rolled in and he's like, probably I had an hour before the show. He's like, hey, Harry, are you sweet to front flip tonight? Oh, <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, yeah. And then just like threw a prize at him and he's like, yep, done. Really? Yep. They're like, yep, done. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't think they were going to say yes. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, shit. And then, and then my dad was coming to this show this night in Sydney and I'm like, holy shit. Like my dad's coming. Oh my God. Now I got a front flip and I'm already doing the, like the rock solid backflip. I'm like front flip, no hander. Um, and I was pretty scared, but, um, then this was off the front flip mechanical ramp. Um, are they still using them? Yeah, Nitro are. They, they'll, they'll have it at Nitro World Games. Yeah. Um, now, with those mechanical ramps, it's still gnarly. It's still harder than doing a backflip. Um, and it's you got to time it. I had a really bad crash on one at the end of last year in that really? Europe crash where I over-rotated. Oh, fuck. That was wild. Yeah. I, I saw that. And you want I, to talk about waking up first thing? That was on my Instagram. The first, fuck. I remember being in bed and I looked at my Instagram and I was like, Oh fuck! And I stopped watching the video and I looked at the caption to make sure it didn't say "R.I.P." I was like, "Fuck!" I thought you were dead, <laughs> dude. I thought I was dead as well when it happened. But um, that's just a perfect example of um how gnarly those ramps still are. And um, yeah, it's not doing it for you. Yeah, well, it's it's sort of it sort of is. It is doing it for you, 
but you need to know how to slow it down, speed it up. Like, and a front flip's a super blind trick. So, and like, it's a very all like the with the backflip, it's like a natural yeah. rotation. So you've hit this thing, and it's like, and it's throwing your bike around way, yeah. into a front flip. But you need to slow the front flip down and speed it up by like leaning back, leaning forward, um, using the brakes. Um, you're jumping 75 foot off this thing that just throws you over the handlebars. And then it's like, you got to do a rotation and ride out of it. Like when you think of it like that, it's like, yeah, it's not, it's not like you just ride at it and it goes kunk and then you're landing on your wheels and riding away. Like you got to lean forward. You got to know where you are in the air. And then when you're letting go and doing tricks, you got to like, when you're letting go of the bars, you got to make sure you don't float off the bike and all kinds of different stuff. So it like doing a front flip no hander is way harder than doing a backflip no hander. Yeah. So it's um still really gnarly and not to mention like shitting our myself natural, every time I do it. Well we're we're trained every time you start going over the bars, you fucking bail and then you wind <laughs> the windows down. Yeah. That's like the trained reaction for like ever. Yeah, so I hook my foot so I can't get out off the bike no matter what. Oh, so really? I'm stuck on that thing. And then um but yeah, so back to the Sydney show, yeah, did um did that, yeah, first front flip no hander and then greased it, got it perfect and then and then after that, um all the guys started sort of doing the front flip um seventy five foot like a few of the guys started doing the front flip stuff. Um but then uh so then there was like a front flip no hander and a front flip knack. They were the combos off these mechanical ramps at the time. And then Nitro World Games was coming up, um and then like all these guys were doing gnarly tricks. Um Nitro World Games, there was like a front flip, um, a front, massive front flip ruler by Pat Bowden. Um, I did a front flip Indian Air over the 75 foot setup. Um, did that was, have the kicker thing on it? Was yeah. that a mechanical one? Yeah, yeah. There was some, there was some really big front flip combos. Um, Craig Duffy did the first ever double front flip. Yeah, that's first, savage. Which was absolutely insane. And that's like, that's some gnarly shit after seeing what happened to our good friend Bruce Cook. He uh, attempted that at a Nitro Circus show and unfortunately he got paralyzed from the waist down and um, he still comes on tour and tours with us and it's awesome. But um, it's gnarly hanging out with like a really good dude and he was an amazing freestyle rider before he had this injury. So it was, um, it, that's that's pretty scary, like traveling with a buddy and you're like knowing that he was a, one of the pro freestyle riders yeah, yeah. and he's on tour with us every tour. So like every day you're getting reminded like looking at the like we're all getting off the plane bruce is like still sitting on the plane like last person off like and you just forget how much you take for granted having legs like him trying to get into his truck like i seen a video of him the other day he posted on instagram of him washing his car in a wheelchair he scooted around his whole car and washed his car whilst being in a wheelchair with a sponge and a hose just wheeling around like so, um, it's 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 scary and it's gnarly, but he's so positive still. Like yeah. he's so po- he's not negative. He's positive. He's, he's he brings um he brings all the guys up around on tour and like it's it's really good having him around. But um so yeah, Greg Greg um yeah Greg Duff did the double front flip and then then when I seen all that I'm like fuck this what hasn't been done yet and I'm like front flip rock solid I'm doing that and then I spent over a month in the foam pit like trying like every mm. ride just like getting pumped like I was landing on my head um, I had the bike landing on me I had a heap of stuff going wrong but um yeah so I got and then yeah eventually yeah just after months and months of hard work and then at the then when we got to Nitro World Games in practice onto the airbag I was injured 
I had a really bad rock solid backflip crash in the last uh, tour of the Australian tour in Darwin. I was at Cairns, Cairns. It was in Cairns. Fucking Cairns. Cairns, bro. Wait, you're you're <laughs> in town. And I got smoked and I tore a, um, a muscle off my hip, which actually oh, was really painful. That's it, fucking gnarly. And it was gnarly. And, it, and then after a month, I started to try a ride and I sort of could, but I was in pain. Got to Nitro World Games, tried a heap of front flip rock solids into the airbag. I tried between 50 to 60. 50, 60 front flips onto this airbag and um, I wrote out a two of them. Oh, you got two? I wrote out a two out of over 50 attempts onto this airbag. And like Tucker and um, all the boys and that, they um, all have like footage of um, me just crashing over and over and over. My dad's standing there and we went through a couple of bent sensor handlebars, all kinds of stuff, man. And um, I was just getting pumped. My hip flexors, both my hip flexors were purple from just taking hits to the handlebars. Really? Yeah, but um, and that happened on the first day. So um, by the end, my hip flexors were purple. I'm icing them every night. I was in heaps of pain. But then like the next day, you're like sore as hell, but you're like, this Gotta is Nitro it, World yeah. Games. Like, let's go. So then on the last day, I was got all my gear on, went to practice, and I looked at the ramp and I was about to go and I was that sore. I like just turned back around and just like went back in and my dad's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm done. I'm just going to save it for the comp and if I do any more, I'll probably, I don't know, but I'm I'm done. Um, and then went in the comp, got smoked my first one and then um, pulled it to, and then I thought, I thought I was done after the first one and I didn't even really know where I was after that one. And um, winded, like you know, when you're winded, yeah. you get your breath back. You're like, ah, and they're like, and then they're like doing the whole finger thing. How many fingers am I holding up? And then I'm like, where's my bike? Where's my bike? And that one dude was wheeling it off, and I just sprinted over to it, got on my bike because I think they thought that I wasn't going to go again. And I and jumped on my bike. And it's all live TV, so you've only yeah, got yeah. Certain, so they yeah. already got the next guy lined up, and I'm like, can I go again? And they're like, yep, they're like, go, like you got to get back there real quick. Pinned it back, got back in time, went to go, stole my bike. I'm like, fuck. And when I stole my bike, I like took a breath and I'm like, fuck everything. You like, you got this, you can do this. Like, fuck it. Like, just got so mad at myself. That's so sick. Just went into like, I'm just like, this is the last one. It's been a long road. Like, fuck, fuck this, fuck it. Like, just, dude, you can do it. Like, let's do this. And then um, did it, then did it again, and got it, and then that that was like the, what my greatest feeling so far throughout my whole freestyle career, just because it was something that I worked so hard for, and um, months and months of into the foam pit, and just coming up with a, an impossible trick, like no one had done a seat grab front flip. Yeah, so you took stage. it like so far for like yeah. beyond what even would you'd think would be like the next step yeah so like you skip like three steps to get to that rock solid yeah because at the time tucker invented the rock solid tucker Kashino invented the first backflip rock solid so i love that trick and when he first did that i couldn't do an upright rock solid on my dirt bike um and i was like holy shit that's sick like i want to i want to learn that trick like he was doing a rock solid backflip and i remember seeing it x games and I was like two years into riding freestyle, and I'm like fuck. And so I, I went when I uh, got when I got home after um, you know when I seen the backflip rock solid, I started trying to learn it upright. And then like a year and a half later, I started doing it in backflips. And then um, and then me and then it was like Tucker and I were like sort of the only people in we were the only people in the world doing the rock solid flip. 
And it was sort of like our signature trick for like a couple years. Tucker, like, he, he owns that trick. He's, he does it so clean. He's eh? the cleanest. He's the best at it by far. Um, and then, yeah, I was just sort of like cramping on his style, learning his trick. <laughs> and then He's uh, the nicest guy ever oh, man, I'm, it's yeah, insane. I spent nice a lot of time with that guy. Oh. And, um, yeah, really top dude. Really awesome guy. Um, and then, yeah, so I was like, I'm going to do this in a front flip. And he actually was videoing me and help. He helped me a lot throughout the Nitro World Games um, process. To do the front flip. Yeah, and he was giving me pointers and he's like, and he helped me a bit and he was sort of like coaching me through it a bit. Just like, because it's a lot easier when you're visualing it. Yeah. Um, and as another freestyle rider, you can give them points and you sort of know what it's like because it's a lot different when you're staring at a bike and whatnot with your helmet. Um, but yeah. It was cool, um, and then yeah, it was sick. It worked. I was pumped. Yeah, I was that. That to me will be forever one of like the gnarliest. And even like talking to Trav about it on the podcast, and then because we were talking about like the head injury side of things, because like you had you were fucking at some form of concussion. Yeah, I'm not meant to be talking about that. I know, but, <laughs> but like, but like Trav said, he goes, "Look what's possible." Like mm-hmm. all these guys are on the edge. And if I didn't let Harry do that, like that trick changed mm. your life. It did. It made it me, that your was, life that was majorly. the day I believed in myself and then all those negative thoughts, all those people that are, dude, your comfort zone is your enemy and so many people, adults, and it's really bad because adults are so right in what they're saying and I have so many amazing people that have just helped me and without them, like, I mean, I don't know where I'd be. But sometimes they do relevate to their own comfort zone and have an impact on... They put limits on you. They do put limits on people, but they don't... Re- yeah, but um, I say... Like, they don't think that they're doing a negative. They think they're doing it to keep you safe or whatever, which is really a grey area and a line between being safe and pushing the limits. That's why I love Trav. Like, obviously, it, don't, it can go bad. Like, it can. It, there are some really, really negative outcomes from it and um some yeah it happens but that day made me believe in myself and not be cocky and arrogant or whatever but not when people told me i couldn't do stuff i believed them i believed that i was like oh shit maybe but i was like oh i'll just keep going like because i want to and whatever but then when that when i did that i was like no like you're right believe in yourself um, and that's when I started just figuring shit out. Like just, cause we can't even get to know yourself when you're thinking what if or yeah. letting other people come in on your thoughts. So how are you meant to create a relationship with yourself? Um, so then I started creating a relationship with myself and, um, and, and as I said earlier, like I whack off to risk evaluation, evaluation and, um, calculating risk, um, and growing within yourself and competing against yourself and um yeah it, it helped me believe in myself more when it became to like i was right I, when i landed i was like fuck i was right like yeah yeah like it was possible because people were saying i remember some i'm not gonna drop names but they're like dude when you go on a natural why are you trying to do a rock solid flip when it hasn't been done why don't you just do a small seat grab flip and then you can get past and you'll win it but I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going there to scrape blast and just get a tr- paycheck or whatever. I don't give a fuck. I just want to, like, I'd want to do something for myself and create something that, as I said, it was like rock, was the rock solid thing was like 
Tucker's trick, but I love doing it as well. And I was like, fuck, I want to, I want to do that because a rock solid's a gnarliest trick you can do on a dirt bike upright. Yeah. It's a great, and I remember doing it on MX versus ATV and I was like the coolest trick because there's nothing, it's the only, one of the only tricks that's, um, where you're not connected to the bike. So it's like to do it in a rotation, it's just ridiculous. It's, yeah, double. So I was like, yeah, I was just so set on it and I wanted it and it was something that I was really passionate about. Dude, any paycheck or anything, like, I wasn't, I didn't even care. Like, you would have done that trick for free. Uh, nah, like, <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah. But, like, sure in that, that, you know, people are trying to, like, that was your goal. Yeah. And it comes, that's, like, it's full circle like to what you were saying about, like, doing shit for the right reasons. Like, yeah. you did that trick for the right reasons. And yeah. I think that's probably why you got the gratitude and the feeling out of it that mm. you did is because you knew you did that for the right reasons and you yeah. knew that you did it for yourself because everybody else was saying that it wouldn't work. Mm. It's like uh, when you leave, like you can't take your money with you, but yeah, you can, um, the impact that you put on others will stay here forever. Yeah, like no one could ever take that trick from you. And I, I just, that really stuck to me when Travis said that because... I know knowing you that that trick changed your life mm. that decision for them to let you ride it could have gone wrong mm. but it literally changed your entire life for it the did. better and it I did. mean the follow-on impacts of that you completing that goal for yourself mm. look at you know look at what you can do now like your mentality and we we're talking about like that circle it just gets bigger and bigger of like that boundary mm. for yourself like and it's a it, relationship within yourself yeah like I, I, I think it it's it is like a testament to if it because like if you're a doctor or if you're like a if you're a guy that is if you're not travis then you would go your instant thing would be like no pull him off the bike don't let him do it again but mm. that just goes to show how good travis is mm. in that judgment and risk evaluation mm. that he will he had the knowledge to go like nah man he can do this and you fucking did yeah yeah exactly and, it, and like i said it changes your life it's fucking crazy mm. dude yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, buddy, we got off topic. We were talking just, about Jacko. I was just about to say something and I fully forgot what I was about to say. That's all right, bro. I'll come back to that one. Um, so, yeah, you and Jacko went skydiving. I only met Lucky in, in it's You do get lucky in an error because, like, you look at a guy like... Um, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> go, go, go. Um, you like, with the, how you said that trick changed my life forever... Um, my whole life, I've always, my biggest fear is being um, cocky or arrogant. That's been my biggest fear through my whole career. Now, I want to have heaps of fun and like be whatever and enjoy it and work hard. But my biggest fear is being cocky or arrogant. But at the same time, I want to make my own decisions without worrying about what without other people fear. think all yeah. the other, or what other people think all the other time because I don't think that's healthy. So you sort of want to believe, but you want to believe in yourself and be really confident on the decisions that you're making. Mm -hmm. But you need to intake other, you need to really intake other people's input. And when people give you like talk negative or constructive criticism or whatever, I think it is really important that you take it in and evaluate their side and stuff. But um, yeah, as I said, my biggest fear is being cocky or arrogant. But as you said, it changed my life. It helped me believe in my decisions more and be a bit more confident and yeah. not let people walk over you as much as... Um, not saying that you need to stand up for yourself, but when you walk away, you just can ignore it. Yeah, and yeah. Flick it, just, just block it out and then help me block out certain things and just focus on the good stuff yeah no and it's um i had an experience recently where 
I did really well. It's something that I've been really trying to do. And there is a, um, if you like, there's a, there's a, there's a thing that could happen where you could get super cocky about it and be like, I just fucking smash that shit. I'm the man, blah, blah, blah. But it actually fully had like the opposite effect on me where I almost got humbled by doing so well. Mm. And I, was it the same with that yeah. world games where like you've got every reason then, like you just did a trick that no one's ever done before. You did it in front of all these people. You're on TV, you got a big check, fucking bitches are all over you. Like that's all the stuff that would, uh, let you get cocky mm. but did you feel like it almost humbled you a little bit uh not that you were uh, and not don't think of it always, in the context of you yeah, were, you were ego before yeah no nah. but did you get an extra feeling of like humility about it yeah i did but as i was saying before it just helped help me because i was i was always um higher up people or whatever i'd um really evaluate their decision like really look up to them let them their thoughts or their decisions would overcome what you wanted what i thought or yeah, whatever. but yeah. it helped me it helped me vision stuff a bit clearer and just be a bit more confident what i wanted but um it just helped me block out more bullshit yeah because i was more confident myself and i knew that i've okay i've tapped the impossible so now like i can keep i, I I've, I've created a path to that Let's keep creating more paths to that, and just I, I sort of learn. I learn a formula. Yeah. Okay. Whether the formula is um, being confident that, like, of your how you want to build your house or how you, my formula. I, I, I set a plan, and I and I set a plan, and I and I just didn't look back, and I got it. Yeah. So if I'm doing a gnarly workout, I've set a plan. I'm gonna do this, like ride, run, whatever it is. Um, this gnarly workout, I, it's it's gonna take a lot more for me to back out now because I found that path, that yeah. impossible path. So I have a fuckload in the tank now because I've I've been there. Yeah. So now it's like let's keep going there, and then and then that circle will probably keep growing. Um, as far as like yeah, that, re- yeah. that 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 reputation or that um that relationship with yourself yeah. and growing within yourself dude like you can almost see that with shelby a bit i reckon like in the last six months with like the shit she's been doing with like her working out and then she just run a half marathon like i don't feel like she probably would have done that like two years ago oh and she actually did one two years ago oh fuck <laughs> oh i just haven't been following that long but you know like a marathon like <laughs> no, that is like a good example of because that's like something that everyday people do mm. you know what i mean it's like they'll run a marathon because mm. that shit's fucking brutal and it's like they um again yeah. it's like those boundaries and i see it all the time in the gym with like it's cool yeah. guys that do their first jiu-jitsu competition and they're mm. freaking the fuck out like one of the boys that i trained with he did the state championships and that was his first comp and I was like, fuck, how was it? He's like, bro, I got out there and in fucking five seconds of grabbing the dude, I couldn't feel my hands. Yeah. But it's like his personal boundaries yeah. have been like... But then once he does a couple, he's yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And I feel sorry for people that don't get to experience that feeling where mm. you overcome a fear or you go where you're doing something like a, um, half, a half marathon or whatever it is, um, where you sort of go to that dark place, but then you get that great feeling after yeah. it. 
Um, because and I the know darker are, the place, the better the feeling. Oh, That's yeah. the motherfucker of the yeah, situation. No matter what you're doing, if you go to a dark place, it's only going to make other things better. Mm. So even if you're going through a really dark, yeah, to a certain extent, but like majority of the time, if you go to a dark place, it's only going to make the other stuff taste better. It's like eating never eating like no ha- having no lollies or whatever for a yeah. year and then the first time you have one you'll be like holy fuck this is yeah, sick yeah. No, you're whatever right. it is but um yeah it's um it's it's just dis- it comes down to discipline and stuff but um yeah it ta- it's a lot um, the risk uh, the reward at the end well the, i think it's like you can live and they call it the comfort zone because it's like you're not doing anything too far left. You're not doing anything too far right. Mm. It's like it's it's just there and you can manage that and that's very easy to just live in that same way. It's mm. like you don't have to do anything crazy either side of the coin. But mm. then when you do like a fucking marathon, it's like you're going super far left mm. and you're going deep and like into, yeah, that dark place or whatever. Yeah. Or when you're doing like crazy hard workouts. Like you've got to... Like I imagine like when... Like Grant's lifting some serious fucking weight. Yeah, he's like double my body weight, I think. <laughs> yeah, and like, dude, when he's staring at that bar with all that weight on it, that shit isn't going to lift itself. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like that's fucking real. Yeah, and yeah. you've got to really like focus and look at that or when you're about to like... I always think about you dudes like sitting there and you're like just fucking click it into first bro like seriously click it and go and it's like you're sitting there you're like all right you're gonna do it it's cool seeing the ramps from side on and stuff but until you sit on the run up and look at it and visual i'm gonna ride off this pull at the top then i'm gonna try and find my seat grab and then i'm gonna throw the bike away upside down then i'm going to grab back onto the seat and then find the handlebars and try and get back on and then finish the rotation of the back foot or whatever you're doing and then try and ride away when you break it down like that and you're like whole like sitting on a run up with someone this is dumb like (laughs) this it's actually real but like when you watch it from side on and you've seen the videos so many times you're like it's just it's repetitive it's just like cool man i've seen it before but um yeah you gain a little bit more respect when you get on the if you um sit on the run up and sort of go through their their, yeah. their riders thoughts but it's no different like imagine sitting on a freaking surfboard with waves taller than a freaking building yeah and the gnarly surf guys are getting like rolling in like they but, can ha- but, that that shit freaks me the hell out but you got like you think about it like the comfort zone is sitting there going mm. boom 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 it's comfortable there's yeah. no risk there's no you're not gonna it's get better you're not gonna that. get worse you're just yeah. going to be there and yeah. it's going to be fine if you stay there and you could jump that jump and it might not be fine. Yeah. But if you do it and you do the thing that you want to do, it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's an awesome that you could never get sitting at the ramp at the bottom of the ramp, revving your bike, looking at it. Mm. You can't get that same level of fucking yeah. awesome just staying there. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, and I think that's why guys like you are inspiring to people mm. because it's like, we could all, we all, can sit there and think about being at the bottom of that ramp yeah and it's like not a lot of us have the courage to go and Mm. it's the same as surfing you sit out the back and you behind the break and the waves are breaking just past you and you're safe you have a half paddle into one pull out you're safe it's comfortable Mm. but it's like you know you take off on that wave you could get fucking pumped and that's going to be the dark place yeah yeah or you could get spat out of a barrel at pipeline yeah. and that's the fucking really good place yeah that's the thing though i'd rather sit on the couch with it i'd rather like i've i've snapped i've broken my tib and fib 
my right leg twice, left leg once. Um, had a like had a few pretty good crashes, but I'd rather sit on the couch for three months with a broken bone than not do a trick and and put it off for a year. Yeah. Like I I just I just rather get fucking. I'd rather just because everyone's like, oh no, I don't do that because this could happen or because this or living in what ifs. I'd rather just fucking pay the price and then just go again, go again. Where to an extent, to an extent, but. Again, calculated risk. Yeah, exactly right. Like, I don't want to be an idiot, but I want to, like, I've just, even if it's, like, with building, like, people are like, oh, dude, you can't build that, you're not qualified, or who are you going to get to do this? Or, like, what if when you're building your spa and if you put it in the ground, how are you going to get access to the panels and stuff when you're in there? I'm like, well, fuck, because people are saying, I don't know, like, building a deck around a spa, like, then how are you going to get the spa out or whatever? I'm like, fuck it, dude. I, I Grant, Grant and I dug a hole, shoveled it, and then um, we just, like, put a little access panel in there with some sleepers so we had access to, the like, the motors and stuff, built the deck around it, fuck it, works sweet, touch wood, hopefully the spa doesn't fuck up what's in there. But whatever <laughs> it is, like, I'd rather find out the hard way than not do it and wait or for a certificate or whatever. I probably might bite me in the ass eventually. Shit has before. But um, I'd just rather just fuck... I'd just rather just do it... Sorry, the perfect phrase is ask for forgiveness, not permission. Yeah, yeah true. There right. we go. I'm getting too fucked out. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about the skydiving thing. Yeah, back to Jacko. Back to Jacko. Wait, I love that, dude. He's come, He said he's going to fly his plane up here and do, this, dude, do the podcast. He is. So, he's a fucking man. So we uh, we were at China X Games recently, and um, he's telling us how he bought his plane. He's been flying it a bit, and he's doing barrels. He's backflips. good too, like really yeah, good. Yeah, he's eh? doing backflips, barrels. He does those things where you like spiral to the ground, Tail spins and shit. Yeah, he yeah. said he nearly got stuck in one the other day, and, and he's a fucking gnarly yeah, dude. Yeah, he doesn't mind pushing the limits, that's for sure. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's like, we're so we're drunk and we're carrying on at the after party, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and he's like, dude. I'll fly because he's like, if you fly to Canberra, you can catch up with your family, and then I'll fly to Canberra from my house. Jacko lives in Wagga Wagga. He's like, I'll fly from Wagga Wagga to Canberra, pick you up in the plane, and then we'll fly over to Maria and do our skydiving course for the week and learn how to jump out of planes. I'm like, perfect, done. Shake my hand, not allowed to back out of it because we're wasted, and we're like, yeah, yeah. Sure enough, we're like. Um, I get home and I'm like getting him up I'm like sending screenshots of my flights to Canberra he's like yep we're on Fuck. did it um, flew to Canberra he flew in picked me up and then we flew out to Maria did our skydiving course and was it heck skydiving yeah so I found it really interesting I learned a lot that week but I, as far as like evaluating risk and stuff goes I went up in the plane first day was theory did my head in but anyways second day what sort of theory are they doing for safety man everything they teach Just you everything is safety everything they teach you is to there's no pointless information in it um there everything is to keep you 100 percent safe as possible um and when you're falling out and when you're falling like you don't realize how real it is like when you're doing the theory you're like oh man like fuck it's been eight hours and we're still doing this shit like we're still <laughs> still teaching this stuff whatever like i sort of get the point like this that can we just try it now that's how yeah i'll I'm, learn on the job yeah that, on the fly <laughs> i i am that guy man i'm freaking two hours into this course i'm like man can i just do some jumps and we just give me some pointers after or whatever uh, but i am um 
but like skydiving is serious it's like you are f- you're falling through thin air so it is very important that um you take all the steps properly but you could also be putting other people's lives into danger as well not only your own so it is super important that you take in all the um just little stuff man like if there's so many little things that could um you can affect other people's lives if um yeah in any type of incidents but they um go through every little thing they teach you like um all different types of malfunctions with your shoot uh what to do how to get out of them um like for if, if you're in a emergency situation you peel look locate look locate peel pull peel pull that's how you cut your cut cut away and then you pull your reserve um and then they have all certain procedures um but until you go up the first the first time you go up in the plane, a little plane, everyone's like jammed in there and you're going up. Your first jump, you are by yourself, but you have two instructors holding on to each mm. arm and leg. Had you ever done it before, like tandem? Yeah, I did. Okay. I got a tandem. What was it like? Jacko hadn't though. Jacko was going he's up. He's never done anything. He's never jumped out of a plane, but he had his plane license and he's comfy in the air flying. Yeah. But he hadn't been out of a plane or been in a tunnel before really and i'd so you've done both i'd been in a tunnel and done a tandem before what was the first tandem like uh it was pretty scary where'd you do it uh in mission bay oh okay up with brad birch we're doing a shop there and that's where birchie's family's from we did a shop in townsville yeah and then we just stopped into mission bay and he's like do you want to do it it's sick over the beach and stuff and i was and then yeah and so were you scared of it? Because I'm fucking scared of yeah, it. Yeah, um, the first time, yeah, I shit me. I was scared. I was, I was shitting myself. I was <laughs> really scared. Um, and then when I went to, and then when we did the assault, so we're doing the first day of theory, first jump, like straight away, they go straight into it the next Tuesday morning, straight into it, gear up, go up in the plane. And then you have the two instructors and you have all the, it's very safe. Like they, they do have the procedures very safe. And the gear has never failed the people. It's only the people that have failed the gear. Yeah, so like panicking and not doing the right thing. Not listening, basically. Or you could say panicking and not thinking straight. Um, but, yeah, I love... Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. But, um, man, like, when we were doing it, so the first time you jump out, you meant to check your Audi all the time, your altimeter thing that tells you, like, how high you are. Um, and you need to keep because that's your air awareness you know where you are know when to pull your chute yeah. you know, like you need to be checking this thing all the time because you then you know exactly where you are in the air yeah, yeah. and you get roughly a minute free fall um, so does it's it a, feel like a long time fuck yeah dude really? it's unreal like yeah so they how did long it, does it feel like it is oh uh, like if you didn't have a watch some jumps watch? some jumps you expect them to go a bit longer and then they, all of a sudden you're at like the pull time and what is the pull time like? uh it varies when they're teaching you they teach you to pull it for five and a half thousand feet yeah five and a half thousand five and a, yeah five and a half thousand feet they teach you to pull yeah um when you're learning so like six thousand get ready and then five and a half thousand you uh, it's like wave arch deploy um but like yeah, it's really important. Like little yeah, just like all the little details. Yeah, but um, yeah. So the first couple ones they do it with you, um, and then after a while they let you start pulling. You shoot at four and a half thousand feet, and you get lower. There's a pop and drop. I think it's your seventh jump. They get you to jump out at five and a half thousand feet. Oh, 
So like almost base jumping in a way. Yeah. Oh, not really. Can't, yeah, but, but they like get five and a half thousand feet. Fuck, dude. You still have heaps of stuff. Yeah. I actually stuffed up my exit and like went over into like a front flip 180. And because when you do it, you you go into like an arch position and it's like a badminton thing and you just sort of Yeah, fall. you become like a bit of a sail. Yeah, and you just sort of to fall like to the... Yeah, so if you're arching, you'll just naturally go to your belly. So you can like do whatever you want in the air, but if you just go back to your position, you'll just float down to your position. Um, and then you just steer by like little movements like this or steer yeah, around yeah. doing 360s, right? Like you go backwards and then forward, just all random different stuff. But um, uh, yeah, so the when I did that, yeah, I like tumbled and did it all wrong, but I ended up like doing another flip and but it was just like, yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, but uh, on the, I think the sixth jump, they let you do like a full solo. So no, the instructors stay in the plane. And then you jump out and do a solo. And on my solo, I was like a little kid on Christmas, man. I was like... They, really? You are frothing for Yeah, it. I like jumped out and I hadn't done like a backflip or anything before. And they're like, oh, like on your first one, make sure you like go jump out, get a good exit and then just like float. Maybe do, um, do some checks to make sure you, you know where your shoot is. Then five and a half thousand um, wave arch, like throw your shoot. And then my first solo, I'm like barrel one way, barrel the other backflip i'm like oh the backflip works sweet grabbed my legs again did like a double backflip i'm like oh this is sick and then i like tracked one way and like went like real far out i did like a five second track and then came back in and did like an eight second track back in the other way and i was like and then checking my time and i'm still like seven thousand feet i'm like oh sick like then like another barrel and i was just having a mad time um and then pulled sick awesome fun and then, the, like, with the sky, and then the, we're talking to the instructors, having some beers with them at night time. And then they're like, yeah, so the problem is with skydiving, like, when people get to 200 jumps, they think they know everything. Yeah. Like, they think they're experts. Because these instructors are done, like, thousands. Up. One dude there had done, like, 12,000 jumps. Yeah. We were doing our course through, um, yeah, Oz Skydive uh, yeah. in Maria. Um, my, in, uh, my instructor was Garcia. And uh, he was awesome. He's, I think he's on around 4,000, 5,000 jumps. Um, and they're like, yeah, like when people hit 200 jumps, they sort of think they're experts and they think they know everything and do everything. I'm like, dude, I'm on 13 jumps and I freaking, like I think I freaking know everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's truly, it's a, but um, it's an awesome sport and it's really cool how much they, um, um, like, yeah, just they're really all over the safety and, it was yeah, it was one of the funnest weeks that yeah I've had. And Jacko, man, it was he's a funny dude. Like we yeah. had we had some good times that week. And then um, how did he go with it? He he did also he did pretty good. But um, the best thing with skydiving was like everyone that starts the class, everyone's on zero. Like yeah. unless you've had time in the tunnel, everyone's on zero. No matter how athletic you are, like us being like doing our freestyle runs we know how to deal with fear i looked at my free fall as the same as my freestyle run like you got well we got like a couple minutes in our freestyle run so you need to go you have this adrenaline hit each jump all right calm reset yourself for the next trick all right go again so it's sort of similar like skydiving like yeah do a trick get back into position check yeah out check how high you are all right do another trick all right, mm. I'm back in, check your trick. So I could I could relate it to a freestyle run and slow everything down and think calm because that's what we practice, that's what we do for a living. Yeah. Um, totally different though. Like I was, every time I went up, I went quiet, sweaty palms, shitting me. So like <sighs> breathing yeah. and like, oh, this is real. Like 
don't fuck this up. Like, just come on, man. Like, all right. And I'd go over my run, like, probably five to ten times in the plane. Be quiet. And then every, and then when it get to time to jump, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, this is dumb. And then as soon as I'm out of the plane, I'm like, yeah, this is sick. This is good. Yeah. And I'm like, but then um, it took me till like the tenth jump to be like, yeah, let's do like, let's go. And that was sick. But, uh, but then like in our class, we had an old dude. He was like 60 something years old. His wife left him. He was uh, midlife crisis, wanted something new. So he's joined the class. We have this, um, some young chick from overseas, couldn't really speak English, whatever. Um, she's doing it. And then she was probably like the best in the class as really? well. Yeah, 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 she was pretty good. But anyways, and then there's this um, this overweight dude like in there and then there's like this Asian dude. So it's like a, like a pretty different mix of... Um, mix of people, yeah. yeah. But everyone was equal when we started. When when we jumped out, everyone was equal and we're doing revision and watching each other's videos. And some people did it, picked it up a lot better than others. And that and the thing that they drilled into um, skydiving is competing against, like you're doing it against yourself. Yeah. So if you see others doing it, they might have had tunnel time, whatever it is. And yeah, having time in the air... against someone else. Yeah, ha- having time in the air with skydiving is so much more powerful than than um the talent or when you're when you're learning anyway i don't know as i am sound like a freaking expert i'm at 13 jumps that ain't <laughs> more than me bro. Uh, i think i'm an expert. <laughs> nah but um like i know but yeah um yeah they sort of everyone was on an equal platform and um it was really cool like doesn't matter how strong you are how fit or whatever like the chick the girl i think the girl was good because girls um they don't try too hard. Like guys think they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go this. Through yeah, and like, and it's like, no, relax, listen to the instructor, slow down, and then like that's that's how chicks think. They just okay, oh yeah, I'll do this, okay, and it really benefited the in the skydiving thing. But um, I I really like that when you came into it, no matter what any other sports you've done before, nothing was equivalent to mm. this. Like motorsports, all over, it all has an engine, a throttle, or a like you, or on a track, you sort of all got the same line selection with certain things. Or yeah. surfing might help from like snowboarding, water skiing, or like there's sort of some. Equi- there's crossovers. I feel like like skydiving and tunnels, like obviously they're their own thing, but they're in their own category, and nothing's really similar to that. And when you start, everyone's on the same level, mm. and it doesn't matter if you're really injured, as long as you can arch your back in the air it doesn't matter if you have a bung ankle oh sorry it does matter if you have a bung ankle because when you land you probably won't be able to run it out yeah yeah. but when you're in the air like you everyone sort of is on a zero platform which i really enjoyed because it was like starting over again and challenging yourself yeah but uh yeah it was unreal me and jacko had a hell time yeah fuck, i love that guy are you gonna get a rig and like and sort of do your own shit I, you reckon i want to but i want to get up to like 100 and a couple at least over 100 jumps just because when you buy a rig you eventually get a small one small one um it's just time consuming man yeah you true. need time on your hands to do that um i know josh sheehan he he does it a fair bit he's in, he's nearly on 200 jumps oh really yeah and then um i'd love to know how many jumps travis is on dude he's he, it was crazy like when we were talking about skydiving in in his podcast Oh, dude, he's he's well known in the base jump yeah. industry. So, 
it's it's freaks me out because all the base jump like everyone has their own sports and everyone throffs it and they know like who the most famous yeah the best dude but is. Travis is like a famous base jumper yeah. within their sport and it's like dude you don't like when did you even do when like yeah close them on then like you're talking the rally world he's like famous in the rally world like just and nearly every discipline of sport is like he's a freaking god that's what's crazy when like whenever i'm talking to somebody about the podcast yeah and they're like oh who do you who like what guests have you got it's like fuck half people won't know who harry bink is half people won't know who this person yeah, exactly is. That, right but then if i say travis everybody knows who travis pastrana he's like, a god everybody knows who that is like it's yeah. fucking ridiculous hey eh? but like man like him saying it was cool because he was saying like when he jumps out of the plane it's like that first moment when he jumps out there's like no noise it's yeah. just silent there's no talk in his head there's no thoughts there's no negative there's no positive it just is yeah it just is what it is <sighs> <laughs> crazy eh and like did you feel like was it like oh, that for hell you? yeah because you don't know when you jump out of the plane you don't know what way you're gonna get spat like you're jumping out and you're trying to they try and teach you to like because you when you're going in the plane they try and teach you to jump out like a arch so when you hit the wind you go down because the plane's going 160 kilometers uh, an hour forward so when you jump out you're hitting winds there so you sort of jump out to hit the wind and then you can and then you sort of like feather down is that the scariest bit uh yeah jumping out of the plane is the scariest part once you're falling and then when you pull your chute the first time i pulled my chute it was flapping around and i'm like fuck it i mean i'm mean, <laughs> sticking it open and it's fuck like that. but the slider there's a slider so if the parachute opens all in one go and this there's a thing called the slider so it slowly is lets that the that, air get um, in it is that that square bit yeah so if the sli- if there's no slider on the parachute the impact of the parachute opening would pff- would kill you because yeah. you just go from i can't remember the falling speed they did tell us but i can't remember um what is that mick like terminal velocity yeah there is a certain speed for that but when you're falling, if the parachute just opened, it would kill you from the impact of just, just ripping you up in the whiplash. You just yeah, yeah. like um, Jacko, because when we're there, Jacko's like, because they were telling us about it, and Jacko's like, "Have you ever knocked yourself out before, Harry, without hitting your head?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "From whiplash," and he's like, "He's like, yeah, I've done it four times." Oh. And he's got, he's fully KO'd himself, knocked himself out just from like taking a gnarly hit on his ass and just whiplashing his head. That's gnarly. Knocking himself out. I'm like, fuck, did he pull any neck muscles in that? Like what's, just what's do doing? <laughs> yeah, it's gnarly. Well, that's like when we, we, um, we filmed Travis doing that fucking crazy water crossing at Wyndham's mm. and I took my shoes off cause I was like. Because he gets knocked out pretty easy. Oh, dude. And that. I was like, the water. Like, I was scared of him hitting the water and the water knocking him oh, out. So dude. I took my shoes off. I was like, fuck this. I'm not That damn's massive, eh? Dude, that was crazy, bro. Like, the uh, way... Oh, they're going so far. Like, top gear. Valve bouncing in fifth gear. It was so gnarly. Yeah, that's mental. How far? How fast are you going, Vic? Does it say? I'm just trying to find what the slide Same with the slide Yeah, it's gnarly. Well, we've almost done three hours, mate. Three hours? Goes quick. Stop it. Yeah, always Clap goes quick. Clap your hands, stomp your feet. <laughs> I haven't um, even finished. Yeah, do you want to keep going or what? Ah, uh, yeah, jeez. What time is it? For, uh, we got, actually, I've got to get ready for the next one. Um, oh, eh? Uh. 
hey? Yeah, too easy, boys. Thanks yeah, for no. having us, man. I appreciate it. Good to be back. I'll save the rest for the next one. I was going to say, what it, we should let's just do another one when the new studio is done. Maybe oh, after like X Games and stuff. There's no limit on how many times you can come on. It oh, doesn't yeah. have to be once a year. It can baby, be, baby. It can be whenever the fuck you want, Harry. Nice one, bro. <laughs> You've got to open in, but, um So what have you got going on? you got X Games in three weeks. Yep, X Games and then Nitro World Games two weeks after that. And um, yeah, they're the two biggest competitions of the year. So, so you're in lockdown now. I'm in gay lockdown. Working for that. Dry July is probably good timing then. Exactly. Really good timing. Clicking gears. And uh, yeah, it's, um, we're in train mode. What? Uh, so what else you've got? Uh, you got anything for sale? You got your merch? Where, where can people buy your merch? Uh, yeah, I got a link on my Instagram account. You can get the I Love Muttees there or the Harry Bink FMX shirts. Uh, you um, know what you can also buy is you can also buy the Harry Bink graphics kits from Rival Inc. Yes, you can. Rival Inc. Design Co. Yep. Oh, look, right there. Mick's got it oh, up. Oh, he's all over it, boys. They look fucking good too. Yeah. Um, you can, if you think Harry Bink's a dickhead, um, you can also buy a Gypsy Tales kit <laughs> from, <laughs> from Rival Inc. Yeah, you can. But chances are you don't think Harry's a dickhead <laughs> if you've got to this point I don't know, podcast. man. <laughs> If you think oh, I'm a dickhead, buy the Harry Bink kit instead. Um, and then you can also buy Harry's fist gloves, the I'm a wizard uh, gloves. Yeah. Um, what else? What else is there? Fist gloves. Um, yeah. Uh, that's um, I, I think that's all I got going for me at the moment. That's all you got going yeah. for you. You got a lot more going for you than that, mate. You're the man. Now, as always, I fucking... You're one of my favourite dudes. You're one of my favourite guests. Appreciate you. You're one of my favourite followers on Instagram. You're, uh, you're the man. Pull your um, pants up, it's over. Yeah, yeah, it's done. And uh, you're my favourite landlord. <laughs> Cheers, man. Love you, doggy. Appreciate you having us.